It's six o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines compensation payout for Milton Keynes prison officer, tributes to Luton father killed in plane crash, a new anti EU campaign launched today. BBC Three Counties Radio. A former prison officer at Wood Hill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation. Simon Butler fractured his right ankle when he slipped on ice while on guard dog patrol outside the jail. More from Tony Fisher. The High Court heard after the life-changing fall in December 2009, he developed serious complications and is now plagued by chronic pain and reduced mobility. He carries a 25% risk of amputation and is forced to rely on his son and wife. The 47-year-old sued over an alleged negligent failure to grit the area where he fell and the Ministry of Justice accepted he should be compensated. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. First Officer Francis Simmons, who was 46, died when his light aircraft came down in Chigwell. He leaves a wife and seven-year-old son. The pilot was also killed. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union launches today. Vote Leave is the second Eurosceptic group formed to fight the referendum promised by David Cameron by the end of 2017. More from the BBC's political Editor Laura Kunzberg. It has the financial backing, significant financial backing, from donors from across the political spectrum. And Vote Leave's goal is clear to build a broad and credible campaign that can cross the divides. On the other side, within the next few days, a pro EU campaign will launch too. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes police amnesty boxes could save lives. The idea was proposed at a Wycombe District Council meeting this week, but was not supported by the council's leader. Health regulators are due to publish figures today which will reveal the scale of the financial problems facing the NHS. Experts predict that the size of deficits between April and June will be larger than in the same months the year before. A huge shipment of aid is being sent from Luton today to help Syrian refugees who've reached four Greek islands. Mercy Worldwide Trust has collected more than £300,000 worth of food, clothing and medicines. Eight doctors and 15 volunteers are also making the journey. Organiser Faz Shah says he's been stunned by the response. It's only been made possible by the local businesses in Luton and uh, we've had um, uh, religious institutions, faith groups, churches, mosques, temples, uh, all pulling together. We've had huge donations from pharmaceutical companies um, who've just provided pallets and pallets of more medicine. In sport, Northern Ireland have qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major finals since the 1986 World Cup, following last night's 3-1 win over Greece. And England's Matthew Fitzpatrick leads the British Masters golf at Woburn. The 21-year-old carded a 7-under par 64 yesterday to lead by one shot. The weather, early mist and fog clearing to leave a sunny day, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Oh, yes. Thank you, Simon. Morning, guys. Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Boy, have all the um, journalists that work for newspapers gone on holiday? Because... <clears throat> there's nothing There's nothing in the paper. There's nothing in the papers. The best story I've found in the papers is about a woman that lives with 60 dogs. That's it. That's it. It's going to be one of them days, guys. If you want to give us a call about anything, do you know what I mean? If you just want to have a whinge or... 
I don't, I, you know, really. The stories we got, they're not brilliant. The papers are a bit, uh, don't matter, don't matter. 03459 Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Shut your mouth with us. We're the early morning chit chat club. <laughs> Classic bands. <laughs> no, don't shut your mouth. <laughs> One thing I beg, please don't shut your mouth. We're the early morning chit chat club with Ian and Cass. <laughs> hey, don't forget, suckers. I mean, oh, that's so rude. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we're doing a show tomorrow, midday till two. Oh, yeah. I can fix it. I can fix it. We that's... should do a quiz. We should do. Of the body, would you get a sweetmeat from? Well, I know. Hang on a minute. Where, where did that come from? Sweetmeats, of course, are. Um... They're not. Yes, they are. No, it's not. Well, they're sour, really, it's, it's but they're some... called sweetmeats. No, it's not that. It is that. You, you might call them that, no, but it's those. no, it's not. 
Yes, it is. Not according to the radio station I was listening to yesterday. Oh three four five nine four double five. It turns out we are having a chit chat rolling quiz club. <laughs> what part of the body do you get sweetmeats from? Because I always thought the sweetmeats were, uh, <clears throat> let's just say, the crown jewels. No. Wowzers, wowzers. You see. Um, what was Lord... It's something you'd miss, but not quite... Well, maybe more than those. Lord Reith was right. We um, uh, educate, we inform, and we just bang on and on and on about how good we are. <laughs> now, a man has been awarded almost half a million pounds in compensation, in compensation after slipping on ice during the course of his work at Woodhill Prison. Simon Butler was a prison officer on guard dog patrol when he fell, fracturing his right ankle. The High Court heard that complications which developed afterwards mean he now has a 25% chance of becoming an amputee. Catherine, tell us what happened to Simon, please. OK, the court was told that 47-year-old Simon Butler was once an extremely fit man. He used to play football, he used to play cricket, golf. When he wasn't doing that, he was walking or cycling. Now, this all changed in December 2009 when he fell on an ungritted pathway outside his workplace, which happened to be Woodhill Prison. Uh, in this fall, he fractured his right ankle and that injury developed serious complications, meaning he's now plagued by chronic pain and he's got really reduced mobility, certainly compared to what he had before. Really sedentary now. A veteran with 20 years' experience, he really enjoyed that career uh, and used to exercise these two lively dogs twice daily but sadly the High Court heard that the accident has changed his life for the worse. Oh dear. Uh, so why did he sue then? Well because he's had to give up this 20 year career, his wife now has to care for him the root of the problem is this failure to grit outside the prison. Uh, Simon Butler sued his former employers uh, at Woodhill Prison, the Ministry of Justice uh, and the MOJ accepted that he should be compensated however they denied they were 100% liable for what happened. They argued he should have taken some responsibility oh. for his own safety. But Judge, uh, Judge Rosalind Cocusi awarded him almost £497,000 against the MOJ. Um, and uh, what's life like for him now? Well, Difficult and different, I'd yeah, imagine. As I mentioned, um, he, he now has to rely on his wife, also his son. And the judge said that on top of her own work and caring for her husband, his wife has, has to get up at half past five daily to walk the dogs, prepare the family meals. But both husband and wife were in court as the judge commended their resilience and determination to make the best of the hand that had been dealt to them. Um, the ex-guard and his wife were apparently close to tears as the judge related how he could no longer play cricket with his son, who was a talented sportsman, due to his injuries. And the couple were entirely honest and straightforward, according to the judge, uh, and uh, said if anything had sought to minimise the toll of the accident on them. Uh, am the amputation, there's a chance of that happening. Yeah, at present the court heard that he considers amputation too drastic an option, but he has to live with his 25% risk that it may become necessary in the future. Um, the life-changing, uh, apparently, but for the life-changing accident, he would have hoped to carry on working until retirement age, and obviously he can't do that anymore. And what did the judge say in summing up? Uh, that the injuries had had a massive impact on the family, adding his quality of life was critically dependent on the ability to walk. He and his son used to play cricket together and go training and would spend time together going to matches, playing cricket or kicking a ball around. None of that's been happening since the accident. Um, also, there is the door open for further... Your neck. Yeah, no, sorry, I, I was a little click there. I do apologise. Further yes. court action. Mr. Butler, who uh, lives in Peterborough, was granted the right to return to court for further compensation should oh, he blimey. need that amputation. Oh, blimey. Oh, dear. oh, three, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. It's um, 11 minutes past six. That means it's Niccolo time. <laughs>
Forget all of the music today, of course, is coming out uh, from records. So, I, well, I, so, okay, so what was the answer? Uh, the thing about quizzes on the radio, right, is they don't work anymore because we all have, uh, before, in the 80s and the 70s, we're, uh, let's be honest, we were all dumb in the old days. Everyone knows that. You, you look back at the old days, we were stupid. Uh, and uh, if there was a quiz on the radio in the 70s, you'd have to go, oh, no. Oh, I know that one. I know that one. Jimmy Savile. But now, now... Oh, they've swapped mics, haven't they? Why, of course they've changed things in here to make it even more complicated, these people. Um, but now, you just... There's a question on the... Oh, I'll just check on my phone. Look, the I'll only, just Google it. Mostly the only people having fun in the quizzes are the people on the phone. That's one person. I'll tell you... I'll te- no, I'll tell you, who's, uh, tell you what it is, right? This is why um, ra- radio stations do rolling quizzes, right? Because that means that the six people that phone in They'll, they'll, they'll get on the radio. They'll have a little bit of fun and a little bit of uh, smug self-satisfaction. And for the people hosting that show, easy content, easy content. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Blackthorn on the 841, there are temporary traffic lights in both directions between the Blackthorn Rail Bridge and the... Uh, the Blackstone Farm. That's because of roadworks going on there, so that it could cause some delays later on this morning. And in St Albans, expect queues on the North Orbital Road between the Park Street roundabout and the London Coney roundabout in both directions because of the roadworks there. It's looking quiet so far, but because of that lane close, that could cause some queues when it gets busier. And in Hatfield on the Great North Road, there's also roadworks at the junction for Ballstar Green, so expect some queues there. On the train departure board, there's no delays showing up so far this morning. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy? Yes. Where are my sweet meats? What's a sweet meat? Yeah, that's that's the that's the problem we're all having. Thank you. Sorry, that's the problem we're all having here this morning. 
I'll tell you what we can do. We're, okay, listen. Let's see if this is what people want or if it's... We're, we're going to do a quiz, okay? We're going to do... We'll do a quiz and see if people want... Maybe no, people, come no, on. No, maybe, maybe people want a quiz. Question one, uh, what is sweetmeats? And, and has Kath got some? And has Kath got any sweetmeats? There we go. Question one. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being... Um, I've only had four hours sleep, so maybe that's making me even more... Um, Lazy? Um, no. Um, sneery than uh, previously. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, 03459 555 616. It's Friday the 9th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. And the mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Do you like to keep your eye on the weather? Do you like to record the changing seasons where you live? Does the science of weather fascinate you? We have high pressure in charge of the weather. That means lots of sunny spells around. There's something new coming to BBC Three Counties Radio and we need your help with it. You'll need to have a computer, smartphone or a tablet and access to the internet. If you're interested in taking part, send your contact details to 3cr at bbc.co.uk. The, uh, the phone-in that's kept us going for, for a week now, a week. Songs with the word wang in. Now, what, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm so tired, I could be in great trouble. So what's this one called, Catherine? Inky winky wang dang doo. Thank you. You got it right. Okay, I had to think for a second I there. I think. I think. Muddy, very muddy. So I think they recorded that. Um, I think they recorded this. Yeah, yeah, underwater. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. It's muddy. Very, very muddy indeed. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. Your muddy production songs as well. Please, we can do that. Um, and the the curse has struck again. 
The front pages of all the newspapers, Bruce Forsyth, he's still alive, he's still with us, But because we only mentioned him briefly on the show yesterday. But he's taken... He's a, only had a fall, because we didn't discuss him at length. Well, yeah, exactly. So let's stop, let's t- stop. Let's stop talking about him. Phew. Ah, dear. 81333, cite your text 3CR, or give us a call 03459 Now... The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a weapons amnesty. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes that police amnesty boxes could save lives. We talk about this from time to time, don't we, Kath, where the, mm-hmm. the police say, right, we're going to have a two-month amnesty and have a big kind of... Um, uh, it's like a sort of bottle bank, isn't it, outside yeah. the police station, where they say, if you put your knives in there, if you drop in at the station, no questions asked. I think she's talking about knives and guns, though, in this situation. No, OK, yeah. And, uh, and uh, at first I was kind of a little bit sceptical about these, but there is evidence that a load of knives do turn up. Now, whether they're the kind of knives that would end up in a fight or not, we don't know. And whether they're from the people who are using them or yeah. their mums who find them, you know, and say, but getting rid. it certainly does get a load of knives off the street. And, you know, I guess it kind of raises awareness anyway. Uh, the idea was proposed at a Wickham District Council this week, but it was not supported by the council's leader. Uh, joined now by Danny O'Brien, who is the founder of Anti-Knife UK. Danny, you'll, you'll know better than us. H- how well do these amnesty bins work? Um, it varies from... Uh, from We know that knives turn up in these places. Uh, Judging whether they would be the knives that, you know, that would be brandished in a fight or not is perhaps a little bit harder to tell. But I guess the thing with knives that make it so different from guns is I I could, when when this show finishes, I could pop into a shop over the road and get a whole array of um, uh, dangerous knives. You can get them anywhere, can't you? That is the biggest, you know, that's the big issue. You know, it's, you know, knives, uh, I'd, I'd say to people like, where, you know, how many knives have you got in your house? And what would your answer be is, you'd probably say, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. I couldn't so find that, the potato you know, peeling one the other day, I know that much. But yeah, I don't, I don't know, they're, they're all around, aren't they? They are all around, but, you know, we, we've, got a, if, we've got two choices. We either ignore knife crime and let people carry on stabbing each other and, you know, and losing... And young, you know, young lads and lasses losing their lives, or we try and, you know, and, and sort of like bring awareness to knife crime and try and, you know, calm it down. We're never going to stop it because, you know, it's been around since, you know, Adam and Eve, I suppose. But, you know, we've got to basically start to address the problem, and you know, it's not just a problem. In, in your in uh, in uh, say High Wycombe, it's a it's a community problem across the country, if not across the world. Why did you start Anti Knife UK? Uh, I, I actually live in London, and I got fed up back in 2008. I just got fed up with picking up the newspaper, and it seemed like an everyday occurrence that youth were using, you know, losing their lives. But when I became when I started looking into, deeper into it, I realised that it's not just the youth of today, it's actually everybody. You know, every age group is affected, doesn't matter the colour or their age or their sexuality. We've got a, we've got a, you know, a problem with people lashing out with a knife. Is it, you know, so it probably could be anger management down to mental health problems, drugs. It's a, a community problem that needs addressing. Isn't a lot of it. Listen, I, 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 I've got no idea how old you are. You sound like you're of a similar age to me. And, um, you know, we, we are kind of... Let's be honest, we're old men, Danny. I hate to break it to you. But uh, a lot of these people that carry knives, they're kids, aren't they? They're kids. And uh, are they doing it to protect themselves? And we're, it's going to take a massive shift to kind of change that mentality, isn't it? 
can, can I say is let's stop blaming the youth. Right? Well, they're the, the ones that are carrying the knives, though, aren't they? Yeah, no, 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 every, every age group is carrying and seem to be lashing out with knives. If it's not if it's not out in the street, you've got the older people of our age group in brackets, yeah. Well, you um, don't. Well, Danny, Danny, yeah, you, you you don't tend to hear so much about. It. I mean, the, most of the, every time I do a story about someone being stabbed on here, it's a young lad, generally. Generally, but it's now. If you if you, if you look into it, you'll find that domestic violence is now on the increase. Mental health issues are on the increase. We cannot You know, we the youth are. You know. A lot to blame to a certain extent, but they're not the total blame, you know. But I'm not. Bl- but I'm not blaming them, Danny. Danny, I'm not. I'm not having a go at them. I'm just saying it's it's a cultural thing that, that us as men of a certain age, we, we won't understand why a 16 year old kid thinks he's got to put a knife in his bag to go to school or a knife, uh, you know, or get his girlfriend to hold a knife when they go out to a club. No, but it, it, it's you know, it, I understand where you're coming from, and I I, I used to agree with you, but I disagree now because I see it. You know, on a daily basis through through you know my website and through uh, you know news links that it's, you know older generation are now lashing out as well as the younger generation, unfortunately. But it is mainly, I would say, from you know late sixteen to about twenty four is the age where you're more likely to you know to be stabbed. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and and they're carrying knives because they're scared. Not that they're scared. They think it, it, it seems to be the, you know, the things I have. In, in, back in our days, it was a comb in the back of the pocket, but now it's, it's so easy to get a knife or, you know, or, an, or a sharp instrument like a screwdriver from your local shops or even online. Well, Danny, uh, I wish you the very best of luck with it. It's Danny O'Brien. He's the founder of Anti Knife UK. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. I think. Um, I think I'm going through a Michael Jackson phase. Oh, no. No, I think I am. What do you mean by that? I'm enjoying his music. Okay. I think I'm enjoying his music. Can I play it? I'm going to play. Oh, no. What's wrong with this? This is a, this is a, this is a classic. Listen to him. He's warming up here. Yeah. The electric piano. Yeah, he's just turning up to the studio. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh the man in the mirror. Yeah, going to do it now. Big time. Michael Jackson style. He'll come and lecture. Gonna make a difference, gonna make it right As I turned up the collarbone My favorite winter coat This wind is blowing my mind I see the kids in the street With not enough to eat Who am I to be blind Pretending not to see them
na 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 That is a good tune. Sorry? Oh, you couldn't it short? Well, I've got, I'm late for the Trav. Oh, I was going to throw something at you. Um, I'd rather you didn't. Thanks very much. Anyway. She's going to do it anyway. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's moving fine on the M1 so far this morning between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable oh. where the roadworks are, but it could get busy later on. On southbound on the M11 though, there's a lane blocked by an accident at Junction 7 for Harlow that's involving two cars, so it could cause delays for people heading towards London from Bishop Stortford. In Walthamstow on Walthamstow Avenue, the North Circular Road's looking very slow eastbound. That's because the vehicle's broken down and lanes being closed between the Walthamstow Avenue and the Cooks Ferry Interchange. That could cause some delays for people this morning heading into London and on the Marlow Hill and High Wycombe there's roadworks at the junction for Hoddors Hill Lane but there's no reported problems on the train so far this morning Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio Thank you Sammy Across beds, hearts and bugs This is BBC Three Counties Radio It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. Simon Butler broke his ankle and now has a 25% risk of amputation. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. And the mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Northern Ireland have qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major final since the 1986 World Cup, following last night's 3-1 win over Greece. Watford defender Craig Cathcart was in the Northern Irish team, with MK Don's duo Lee Hodson and Ben Reeves and Luton's Paddy McCourt among the subs. His manager Michael O'Neill. Very happy and ecstatic, to be honest, and a sense of relief because... We weren't wanting to go to the last game, and um, but the pleasing thing was the level of performance, to be honest. And, and you know we were bodies down tonight, and the lads that stepped in were fantastic. The Republic of Ireland will join them if they win in Poland on Sunday. That's after a 1-0 win over world champions Germany in Dublin. But Scotland are out after conceding a last-minute equaliser to draw two all at home to Poland. Tonight, England, who have already qualified, host Estonia, with former MK Dons midfielder Deli Alley set to make his debut. There are no matches tomorrow for Watford, MK Dons or Wickham because of the internationals. Luton host York in League Two. Stevenage are away to Exeter on Sunday lunchtime. A new Liverpool Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp will give his first press conference at 10 o'clock this morning. In golf, England's Matthew Fitzpatrick leads the British Masters at Woburn. The 21-year-old carded a 7 under par 64 to lead by one shot. Woburn-based Ian Poulter had a 68 with Luke Donald a 67. Here's Chris Latcham. Cornflakes, fruit juice and straight to the first tee. Matt Fitzpatrick won't have long to dwell on his first round lead as he's due off at 8.40 this morning. The 21-year-old belied his age yesterday, rolling in six birdies and an eagle in a seven under par 64 in front of 15,000 spectators. Today, though, we'll test how he leads from the front because four players are within one shot. One of those is Lee Slattery, fresh from winning in Russia last month, and Scotland's Mark Warren, who'll be looking to impress his playing partner, Europe's Ryder Cup captain, Darren Clark. And practice starts this morning for Sunday's Russian Grand Prix. Harfords' Lewis Hamilton leads the Drivers' Championship by 48 points with five races left this season. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Smoothly done. Come on, guys, it's harder than it looks.
This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. <clears throat> Bobby, can you hear me? Can you feel me near you? Bobby, can you see me? Can I help to cheer you? Ooh, Bobby. But oh no, it's Tommy, isn't it? it doesn't work in that. Mm. It's from Tommy the musical, not Bobby the musical. The musical, of course, about um, Bobby Ball. Uh, Bobby Ball. Yes. So who's on the phone then, Tommy uh, or Bobby? The, I don't know. Who are you, sir? A lady. Oh. This is just, hang on, a Spaniard has just been thrown into the works. This is in Asania. Lady Bobby. Yes. Intriguing. Mm. Um, I called up about sweetmeats. Okay. Um, it's not actually meat. You're confusing that with sweetbread. Ah, um, my sweetbreads are my plums? Yes. Sweetmeat is... Um, <laughs> Intestine. In, Nope. No, it's not meat at all. Sweet meat is... Um, <laughs> I'm just oh, saying, don't get angry. <laughs> no, 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 sorry. No? Um, no? It says on no. my screen you're in Dorset. I am. Technically not, you should be listening to um, uh, BBC Radio Crud. Seaside. Seaside, that's it, yes. Well, technically my local one is actually BBC Somerset because I'm on the border of Dorset and Somerset. Okay, well, why are you not um, listening to those guys? Are they not doing a sweet like, meat phone-in? I'd like to listen to you. Well, may God bless you for that, Bobby, and we and we will okay. be sending you um, a, a shiny silver dollar as soon as we can find one. So what is a sweet meat, then? Sweet meat is um, a way to preserve fruit or nuts using sugar. So it is nuts. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, that was not the answer as, uh, you know, it might be true, but it wasn't the answer they were doing on um, a different station yesterday. Hang on so a second, please don't fall it. out with... No, 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 don't fall out with Bobby from... She's she's calling from Dorset, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, And um, yeah. Uh, uh, d- 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 just not... Let's treat her with a little bit of respect. Let's pretend that her answer is right. <laughs> and then talk about when she's gone. Yeah, we'll talk about her okay. when she's gone. So just give... Well, I am listening, remember oh, that. Oh, ay, ay, ay. Tune to BBC... So how long have you... Do you li- uh, have you always lived in Dorset? Um, no, I've always been in sort of the southwest. I've been right. Wiltshire, Dorset. Wow. Um, what I'm getting at is why the hell are you listening? How did you discover this nonsense? Um, well, I listened to you in sort of your LBC days, oh, your well, absolute gosh. radio days. So gosh. I followed you, really. <clears throat> shh, shh, shh. The, the, the other people here don't know that I have a radio history. And if they go and check it on Wikipedia, <laughs> I'm going to get the sack from this one as well. So shh, let's just keep it, uh, let's just keep it okay. uh, quiet. Well, Bobby... So, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of a stalker of yours. I follow you wherever you go. Okay, you know I'm going to have to cut you off now. That's not very... There we go. So, She's wrong anyway. <laughs> thank you, Bobby. It's very kind, very kind. Oh, what's, the, what's the weather like in Dorset, Bobby? Um, at the moment, it's dark. Yeah, it will be. It's night time. Yeah, yeah. She's right, actually. She's the weather play. today, dark. It's, it's, it's dark weather. Thank you, Bobby. That's very it, kind it'll of be you dark, then it'll get a bit lighter through morning uh, into... Uh, Dimness in the evening. Um, uh, it, it wouldn't the thing, and it's, uh, uh, it amazes me. Um, that's my record. That's don't just, you nick it? It amazes me that people listen. They've got their own radio stations, and they choose to listen to this. <laughs> it doesn't amaze me. And what I'd like to do is, I'd like to get all of those people that um, that listen to us in various parts of the country in, in, into a um, well, let's say a coach. I was going to say a minibus. I was going to say a ambitious. pen, like like sheep. Let's get them into a let's, let's get them into a coach. Let's drive them round to their respective radio stations. They should be listening to. <laughs> Drop them off. Honk the horn and say, "Oi!" This should be one of yours! And then um, do the coffee um, uh, oh, gesture and then drive off to the next one. Oh, what good, a day I... that would be. Good. What a day. When are we going to do that? Um, you do it later. Ian, here's a, a, a text. Do a best, what's your best urinal story? I got a beauty. Well, uh, well, anonymous uh, texter, <laughs> we can, we'll always do a what's your best urinal story. I've got one. Have you? Yeah. My sister came out of this bathroom once and said, I've got a funny sink. 
Yeah. It's been in the men's by accident. Oh, no. When, I, when we were getting our bathroom done, in the last place um, we lived in, we get our bathrooms. So we went to look at all these Ponzi bathroom shops, right? And there was one, and uh, we went into one, and I said, oh, look, that's... And they had the, you know, the bathrooms laid out, different kind of bathrooms. Mm. I said, oh, that's a posh bin, isn't it? Was it like a, an extractor chute? He said, no, 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 it's a urinal. I said, uh. like, I don't live in a pub. A urinal for my... Oh, he said, oh yeah, they're very, very popular these days. Oh, they... I, I bet nobody... Uh, unless you're two fellas living together, that's always going to be horrible. Nobody would have uh, a, 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 a urinal... In their um, bathroom toilet? No, 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 no. I've seen grand designs. I bet it happens. It's um, it's the same as um, um, uh, what, what, what are they call bum washers? Bidets. A bidet. A bidet. Uh, that you know, they were they were kind of popular. What's wrong? Just reminded me of my wedding night for a moment. Well, I, I'm, I'm terrified to know where, but... <laughs> I um, danced so much, the balls of my feet were burning. OK, so halfway through the night I got off. The balls of her feet. My new husband's wondering where I am. He went in the <laughs> he went in the bathroom and I'm sitting on the loo on, with the seat down. I'm sitting on the loo with my feet in the bidet, just having cold water run over them. They were so hot. There was such a lot of dancing done. Great story, Cass. So, I mean, that's. I think they're more useful for that. I mean, you've got still, to get the angle right. They still start. have them uh, in the, um, uh, the continent. Play, yeah, I'm gonna play a song that's got got a rude word in, but I can dip it. I know it well enough. I used to, to wash it. my tights in mine when I um, lived in Spain. Really? Yeah, very handy. <laughs> this has got. A, I'm just gonna have to listen to this and focus. Yeah, tight. Hang on. Let's try it again. Please, please, Doctor Hook, don't Elvis, let me down. he's a hero. He's a superstar. And I hear that Paul McCartney drives a Rolls Royce car. And Dylan sings for millions, and I just sing for free. Oh, everybody's making it big but me. Oh, everybody's making it big but me. Everybody's making it. Everybody's making it big but me. John's got three And I'm still seeing them same old sleezos that I used to see Oh, everybody's making it big for me Everybody's making it big Everybody's making it big for me Everybody's making it Well, I've got charisma and personality Well, how come everybody's making it big for me? Just like Bowie does And I wear the same mascara That Mick Jagger does And I even put some lipstick on That just hurt my dad and mom And everybody's making it big but me Everybody's making it big Everybody's making it big Everybody's making it big 
making it big but me. Everybody's making it, making it, making it. Everybody's making it big. Everybody's making it, making it, making it. Everybody's making it big. Everybody's making it, making it, making it. Everybody's making it big. Everybody's making it, making it big but me. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading towards London on the M11 southbound, just before Junction 7 for Harlow, there are delays because of an accident which has blocked a lane. On Walthamstow Avenue on the North Circular Road, that's very slow eastbound because the lane's being blocked between the Walthamstow Avenue and the Cooks Ferry Interchange with delays back from the Crooked Billet Interchange now. And in St Albans, it's looking quite so far on the North Orbital Road between the Park Street roundabouts and the London Coney roundabout, but that's where there's a lane closed in both directions for roadworks, so expect it to get busy there when it starts to get into the morning rush. On the London Road and Eastside, there's temporary traffic lights at the junction for Newland Road, so expect delays there too. And there's no reported problems on the trains at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Sammy. Ah, 6.46, it's Friday, guys. We made it another week. These are your headlines on Friday the 9th of October on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. And the mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Let's get the weather! Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It certainly is a very chilly start to the day. In fact, uh, perhaps even a little bit of windscreen scraping going on this morning. We've got temperatures down to around 2 and 3 degrees in some of the more rural spots. Um, so it's cool and there are some mist and fog patches around this morning. So do be wary of those if you're out and about on the roads. Of course, poor visibility in some areas. That should all lift and clear by around 9 or 10 in the morning. It'll be a dry and fine day with lots of blue skies around. A bit more fair with a cloud here and there into the afternoon, but not enough to spoil the sunshine and probably not as much cloud as we saw yesterday either. The winds are light and of course it's nice and pleasant in the sunshine with highs of around 16 Celsius, 61 in Fahrenheit. Now for this evening and overnight, um, then it's still going to be quite cool. I think we'll see temperatures down to around 4 or 5 degrees Celsius again in the rural spots. But the wind is going to pick up and we're expecting some slightly drier air. So we probably won't see the same problems with mist and fog into tomorrow morning. But we're looking at a dry and settled weekend. There will be some good spells of sunshine around, feeling just that little bit cooler. So probably only highs of around 15 degrees. And the only fly in the ointment is this strengthening easterly breeze that's going to that's going to be, um, be with us on Saturday, Sunday. A little bit stronger on Sunday and then lasting well into next week. It's going to make it feel really quite cool at times, but some good spells of sunshine on offer as well. That's the forecast. Thank you very much indeed. I've got to... We've started off something here. <laughs> so, we've got... Um, uh, everybody, if you're not listening to your local BBC radio station, welcome welcome to us. You're more than welcome. Um, uh, I don't know who this is from. I can't see who these are from on this ridiculous system. I should be listening to BBC Radio Derby, but through the miracle of the iPlayer radio app, I wake up to you every morning instead. Um, Ian says he should be listening to WM, uh, West Midlands. There's another one who said they should be listening to... Um, um, oh, where was it? Oh, there was, this all gone to... Uh, I should be... I'm listening in Newcastle, says Tom. I listen uh, from Epson, says Jimmy. It's a tough choice between you and Paul Ross. And I'm listening in Folkestone, Kent, says Andy. 
Gosh. We seem to have... Um, We're have... so exotic. We're... Aren't we just? Every weekday from three. It's not just about what we bring you. Starting off on the M25, it's particularly heavy-moving anti-clockwise. It's also about what you bring us. In the end, I could only eat off my ironing board. Your stories. Every room in the house was just... I was climbing over mountains of rubbish. Your humour. There's a reason why you earn the big bucks, you see. That sort of insightful comment is exactly right. Your opinions. Well, the culture's got to change because the police can't do it and the the traffic wardens are so busy, so the culture has to change. I think parents do change into uh, different human beings when they are picking their kids up. Roberto Peroni. And everyone across beds, hearts and bucks. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. It's, this is not. It's not me. That's. I'm, I had that queued up perfectly. I don't it's this it. Record player seems to jump when you. Hang on. Right. This is what the end of the song is going to sound like. But how do we get there? Go go go. It's Manfred Mann, and my name is Jack. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's not my leaving that song. Hang on a minute. Which one's this? Oh no, it is. It is. Oh, shut up. My name is Jack and I live in the back of the Greta Garbo home With friends I will remember wherever I may roam And my name's Jack and I live in the back of the Greta Garbo home For wayward boys and girls We all love Jack and we live in the back of the Greta Garbo home For wayward boys and girls on his head cause he thinks he's heard the bomb and here comes super spade who really puts it on it's lots of fun and i love to run up and down the stairs i make as much noise as i want and no one ever cares and my name's jack and i live in the back of the greta garbo for wayward boys and girls I am broken Britain. 
Oh, it goes a little bit funky there now. If only Manfred Mann had pursued that funky sound in the last three seconds of the fade-out of My Name is Jack, the world could be a completely uh, different place. Speaking of uh, different places, let's go to Northampton and Graham. Good morning. Morning, man. How you doing, fella? You all right? I'm all right, yeah. Ah, I'm tired, but... Hey, I stayed in a hotel last night, right? And I'm getting a hotel buffet breakfast straight after this. It finishes at 9.30, so we've got to dash in the car, dash to the hotel, and dive into the... Uh, dash into the hash browns. You can have, well, you got a, a supercar or something. Where is that hotel in Dunstable? It's, uh, unfortunately, yes. Uh, I mean, yes, it's <laughs> in beautiful, beautiful Dunstable. And boy, oh boy, um, uh, it, I, I stayed in this hotel room, right? And oh, oh, I was only, I had four hours sleep, and I was kind of asking, if I, wondering if I could get a little bit of the money back, because I was only there for a few hours. I say four hours sleep. I was, I, I had the time to have four hours sleep. I got about two and a half hours sleep, because there was this whistling noise and this, and I was, I was lying in bed thinking, I can ignore the whistling noise. I can ignore the whistling noise. And then at about ten past four, I thought, right, I'm going to find this flipping noise. If you've ever had to track down a noise, oh three four five nine four double five five. I spent twenty five minutes tracking it down. It was like like the fan in the bathroom, oh, just doing this high pitched whistling noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Oh, it was enough annoying. It was enough it annoying, Gray. Yeah, it wasn't in the system. Ian. Oh no, don't. Oh, don't. I've got that as well. I've got that, and that's all, that's all of your fault, dear listener, for shouting in my ears. I have to have it very, very loud. Hey, what you got for us, Gray? Um, as you know, Ian, it's uh, John Winston Lennon's birthday today. He would have been 75. Oh, oh, no, I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, no. Okay, go on. And, um, you know, uh, Yoko Ono's doing the world's biggest peace sign out of human people in Central Park today. We could do the world's biggest um, two-fingered salute. I don't know if that that's would be what appropriate. I was It would, well, it would be, <laughs> I would just make, um, it, do you know what would look awesome from space if we could get a million people to, and it's an, I know it's a cheap Americanism and I apologise, but if we could get a million people to um, stand in Central Park and make the sign of the bird, the raised middle finger, that would look awesome, wouldn't it? That's what I was thinking. Well, we'll, we'll, see, we'll, see, we'll see if we can do it in the car park after the show. No, we can't, we're going for a buffet breakfast. Graham, thank you for that. I, I, I forgot. J-Dog, J- it's yes, John boss. Lennon's birthday. I know exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say he would have been oh, 75 years wowzers. old today. Wowzers. Why don't we take this to the streets? Yeah. Why don't we come up with the creme de la creme tribute package oh. to John Lennon? Thank you, thank you, Graham, for bringing that to my attention. And, and uh, slap wrist for me for not being aware of it. Justin, I know you're going to make something that is actually... And we have a lot of fun on this show. Mm, uh, mm. We, t- we tend to have a lot of fun after the show has gone out on air. Mm. But um, I... And I don't know you do some flipping stuff. I know you're going to do something that's just going to get us here. And I'm, I'm indicating yeah. my kind of my, my th- uh, third chakra, which is kind of where the, the spirit is. And you, you're yeah. going to get us in, 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 deep. You're going to get me deep. We're going to go deep. And um, we're, going to go, we're going to go with power today. Okay. I look forward to that, mate. I might even add a little bit of reverb to it just to <laughs> make it all the more special. Uh, thank you, Justin. Excellent thank stuff. You. Excellent. Well done. We were struggling to find anything for Justin as the papers are so dry today. And then along came Graham. Thank you, Graham. Excellent, excellent suggestion. Brilliant. And that'll be that'll be great from Justin. Nice one. Seventy-five years. Hey, it was taken. It was taken too young. He'd have been a miserable. Old... He, well, we would have been. And wouldn't the world have been awesome yeah. to have a miserable old so and so out there? Uh, anyway, right. Wait, have you got anything in the papers? Yeah, this, right. Go, go, It's go. the beginning of the end. It's the end of days, my friend. Uh-oh. 
They become a must-have for fitness enthusiasts. Hang on a minute, hang on a minute. While you're doing that, what, I what, am going to get us. Let's let's get let's play some Lennon music in the background. Let's never forget. You talk about him um, being angry. He was. He He'd was, have been sweary about this story. He was. Hang on a minute. I'm going to find something. Hang on. Hang on a minute. Where is it? Hang on. Um, oh god. Hang on. Hang on. It's worth it. You, I tell you, you start. Right. And I'm going to bring in some really angry John Lennon music. Do just it, to do it gently and subtly. Okay. Here we go. Here we, here put we me go. off my stride. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Some John John Lennon at his angriest, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. They become. Oh. Sorry. He's angry. Oh. Yeah. Angry on the panpipes. <laughs> They've become a must-have for fitness enthusiasts, but tracking bands could soon be given a run for their money what? by tiny gadgets in our bloodstream. Oh, these are these stupid things when people yeah. go, oh, what's, what's your watch? It's not a watch. It's, it um, measures how many steps I take a day. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, it, yeah. It will take ten more in that direction, please, you idiots. So annoying. Technology is evolving so fast we'll soon be able to swallow tracking sensors Ooh. in the same way that we would a pill, say industry experts. Wowzers. It could spend the air, spill the end for rubber bands. Spend the air? Could spend the air for wow. rubber bands, which help runners and gym goers to count their steps and chart their calorie intake and boast. As well as monitoring things such as their pulse rate and body temperature, the ingestible sensors could even link to other devices, the allowing users to automatically control household gadgets based on their physical state. Right, get this. Here we go. They're also talking about attaching it to, be, to people who are disabled or have yeah. dementia. This is the beast. This is the beast. Exactly. Yeah. Just to see where people are. Make sure your kids aren't drinking and driving. Apparently, it will be able to turn off the engine if you were uh, boozed up. I want it to be able to turn off the kids. That's what I want. I want to be able to send those suckers to sleep whenever. Just mute them. Mute them. 03459 four double five five double five. for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading towards London on the M11 southbound this morning from Bishop Stortford, you might find some delays at Junction 7 for Harlow because there was an accident earlier involving two cars there, but all the lanes have been reopened. It's still looking slow on the speed sensors. And on the A1 southbound in Bournemouth, it's busy from Holiday Inn towards Barnet Lane at Stirling Corner. And it's also busy at the Brickett Wood North Orbital Road around the M25 Junction 21A roundabouts. In Waddesdon on the High Street, there's roadworks at the junction for Baker Street, so expect some delays there. And also in Bedford, it's quiet at the moment, but there's roadworks on Paula Radcliffe Way at Cutthroat Lane, so expect some delays there while the Bedford Western bypass is being built. On the train departure board, though, there's no problems reported at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. And to all of you that are going to the Bare Naked Ladies concert in London tonight, I hate you guys. I hate you guys. <sighs> Only two more hours, guys. Two more. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines compensation for former Milton Keynes prison officer, tributes to Luton father killed in plane crash, a new campaign launched to leave the EU. BBC Three Counties Radio. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation. Simon Butler fractured his right ankle when he slipped on ice while on guard dog patrol outside the jail. More from Tony Fisher. The High Court heard after the life-changing fall in December 2009, he developed serious complications and is now plagued by chronic pain and reduced mobility. He carries a 25% risk of amputation and is forced to rely on his son and wife. The 47-year-old sued over an alleged negligent failure to grit the area where he fell and the Ministry of Justice accepted he should be compensated. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. First Officer Francis Simmons, who was 46, died when his light aircraft came down in Chigwell. He leaves a wife and seven-year-old son. The pilot was also killed. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union launches today. Vote Leave is the second Eurosceptic group formed to fight the referendum promised by David Cameron by the end of 2017. More from the BBC. BBC's political editor Laura Kunzberg. It has the financial backing, significant financial backing, from donors from across the political spectrum. And Vote Leave's goal is clear to build a broad and credible campaign that can cross the divides. On the other side, within the next few days, a pro EU campaign will launch too. The mother of a 20 year old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes police amnesty boxes could save lives. The idea was proposed at a Wickham District Council meeting this week, but was not supported by the council's leader. Health regulators are due to publish figures today which will reveal the scale of the financial problems facing the NHS. Experts predict that the size of deficits between April and June will be larger than in the same months the year before. A huge shipment of aid is being sent from Luton today to help Syrian refugees who've reached four Greek islands. Mercy Worldwide Trust has collected more than £300,000 worth of food, clothing and medicines. Eight doctors and 15 volunteers are also making the journey. Organiser Faz Shah says he can't thank the public enough. We rang friends up and our contacts in the community and our business friends, our network throughout the UK, but mainly in Bedfordshire, they simply went out, went to the cash and carries, went to Tesco's and bought cases and cases of baby food. Uh, And it's just been amazing. In sport, Northern Ireland have qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major finals since the 1986 World Cup, following last night's 3-1 win over Greece. And England's Matthew Fitzpatrick leads the British Masters golf at Woburn. The 21-year-old carded a 7-under par 64 yesterday to lead by one shot. The weather, early mist and fog clearing to leave a sunny day, a maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash counties. Morning guys, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio It's three minutes past seven, it's Friday Got a mouth ulcer on the go You know, happy days, happy days Wrong questions, I mean... How can there be a wrong question? I don't know. All questions are questions, man. Ah, dear me. 
across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Anyway, anyway, well, you know, you can't please... Hang on, let's get this right. If you please, you can please... Here we go. You can please some of the people for a bit of the time, but not all of the people for most of the time. Is that what John F. Kennedy said? Pretty much, yeah. A word to that effect. You can either please them sometimes, part of the times, or none of the times at all. Here's the thing with people. They're unpleasable for considerable portions of the day. Here's the thing about people. Why are you trying to please them? The only time I'm happy is when it rains. <laughs> what song is that? I'm only... It's garbage. Happy. Garbage. No, it's not. It's quite good. <laughs> Thanks very much indeed. That's, that's on a par with uh, you be 40. No, I'd be 42. <laughs> <laughs> Who won the Bake Off? Nadia. Find out. Hey! Okay. Uh, but honestly, it's a really slow news day today, guys. Really slow news day today. And, and with guests dropping out left, right, and indeed right in the centre, um, it's going to be even slower. So you can call in about pretty much anything what you want to talk Just about. Just tell us some stuff. Just phone up and tell us some stuff. Honestly, phone up and tell us some stuff. I promise you I will ask you the right questions. All the questions are the right questions. Now, uh, a serious story. A man has been awarded almost half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice during the course of his work at Woodhill Prison. Simon Butler was a prison officer on guard dog patrol when he fell, fracturing his right ankle. The High Court heard that complications which developed afterwards mean he now has a 25% chance of becoming an amputee. Catherine, tell us what happened to him. OK, this is 47-year-old Simon Butler, who the court heard was once an extremely fit man, used to play football, cricket, golf, and when he wasn't doing that, he was either walking or cycling. Very, very, very active. Now, this all changed in December 2009 when he fell on an ungritted pathway outside his workplace, which was Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes. Now, in this fall, he fractured his right ankle uh, and after um, that initial treatment, he developed serious complications, meaning that he's now plagued by chronic pain and his mobility has been vastly reduced. This is a guy with 20 years' experience who'd really enjoyed his career, used to exercise these two very lively dogs twice daily uh, as as a handler. Sadly, though the High Court heard that the accident had turned this very active man into a sedentary figure. He, he, he can barely get out and about these days. Uh, and uh, he, he sued, I'm guessing, to make up for loss of earnings and to help with um, the, the changes he will have to make in his life. Loss of earnings, the fact that he's had to make changes, also the fact that he still had some time to work. You know, he'd, give, he'd worked for 20 years. His wife now has to care for him. Um, and it, oh, he bases this all on this, this failure to grit outside the prison during the winter. Simon Butler sued the Ministry of Justice for negligence and uh, while the MOJ accepted that he should be compensated, they argued that um, they weren't 100% liable for this. He should have taken some responsibility for his own safety. However, the court found uh, in Mr Butler's favour, Judge Rosalind Co-QC awarded him almost £497,000 against the MOJ and the door is open for further... Um, lawsuit what well. is life going to be like for him now? Well, he's relying now on his wife and his son, apparently. Um, the judge said that on top of her own work and caring for her husband, his wife has to get up very early every day, walk the dogs, prepare the family meals. You know, The brunt of the, uh, the household is now on her shoulders as well as his care. Both husband and wife uh, were in court as the judge commended their resilience and their determination to make the best of the hand that had been dealt to them. Um, he and his wife were said to be close to tears as the judge related how he can no longer play cricket with his son, who's a talented sportsman, due to his injuries and the judge said the couple were entirely honest and straightforward witnesses who if anything had sought to minimise the toll of the accident on them and there's a, 
the, a small but significant chance of an amputation. Yeah, at present the court heard he considers amputation too drastic an option, but he has to live with a 25% risk that it will become inevitable. Um, if he hadn't had this accident, uh, he would have hoped to carry on working until ret- retirement age. And in summing up, what did the judge have to say? Well, the judge said Mr Butler's injuries had had a massive impact on his family, adding his quality of life was critically dependent on the ability to walk. He and his son used to spend time together going to matches, playing cricket, kicking a ball around. None of that's been happening since the accident. Um, Mr Butler from Peterborough was granted the right to return to court for further compensation if he has to have that amputation. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Where you going? Oh, no, go, go then. Go, if that's, if that's your attitude. If that's your attitude. <laughs> if that's your attitude. Um, well, oh, no, you can go if you want. I was going to get out of your um, hair. OK, well, you can... But, um, I mean, I wouldn't be there, so it makes no difference. It makes no odds to me. Here's the thing. When I, I, was, I, was, doing, I was at a do last night. I was doing a do. I was Betty Boo. I was doing a do last night. Mm-hmm. And um, it, was, uh, it was nice. And loads of nice people there. And loads of, for some reason, lots of people wanted to have their photographs taken with me. The silly, the silly fools. The silly, silly fools. Um, but there, the, so there's, the thing now is, when people have their photograph taken with... And I'm going to use... It, with, with people they want, want to have their picture taken with, they do the selfie. And there were sometimes there's like three of us having a picture and, this, and the arm doesn't reach out. Mm-hmm. And I said, guys, guys, why don't we do the old-fashioned selfie and um, ask someone to take a picture for us? It's not a selfie anymore, is no it? No one does that anymore. Could you take a picture for us? And, and uh, everyone was like, yeah, 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 of course. But no one. When we were at Stonehenge, when I went to Stonehenge in the summer uh, with the boys... Um, I was very uh, happy to go up to some Japanese. Always go up to the Japanese. They know how they to take love a, a good, picture. They know how to take a good photo. The cliche is true. Um, and um, uh, go up to someone and say, "Could you take a picture of me, please?" And, and the people will do it. Happy it, to. Very, very happy to. Very. And then happy you've got to. a good chance that you might all get in it. The thing is, though, of course. Um, that sometimes those people, they don't know how to use smartphones, the um, the clever phone technology, and they take absolutely rubbish photos. And you've got to go, oh, yeah, nice one, nice one, until they walk away, then you get someone else to do it. That's the thing, right? Checking someone else's picture that they've taken of you on your phone yeah. is a bit like holding a tender up to the light. Yeah. It feels a bit cheeky, yeah. but you do have to check before yeah, they go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wish I'd checked when, I, when my, my boy and I met Mickey Dolenz of the Monkeys because those pictures suck. Those pictures are way too dark. Um, but anyway, so th- there's a story about so a, a driver who decided to chase a police car filmed a 120 miles per hour selfie video. Now, in, in the, the, the great scheme of things, that's kind of dumb, isn't it? Yeah. Filming your, your, yourself going at um, speeds beyond those humanly possible. But doing that while being chased by a policeman is arguably also a silly thing no, to it, do. Well, it says he, he, was, he was chasing the police car. What? A driver who decided to chase a police car filmed a 120 miles per hour selfie video. The footage was discovered after Imara... What? Was involved in it? Is that the person's name? This is weird. Or is that the name of the car? No, it's the person's name. They only give one name. This is weird. All right. This is like Madonna. A driver who decided to chase a police car filmed 120 miles per hour. The footage was discovered after Imara, one word, was in all lowercase, apart from the first letter, was involved in another chase at 130 miles per hour and crashed his Mercedes. Oh. At Canterbury Crown Court, Imara, 24, of Shepway, Kent, admitted, admitted driving dangerously while banned and offences including burglary. Imara has been jailed for four and a half years. Well, you know what happens to people with one name in prison? 
They get asked, well, why haven't you got a second name? Mm. Over and over and over again. That's, it's Dante's Inferno, I believe. No. Is it not? No. No. Is it level, the level 42? That's Dante's Inferno. Level 42? Yeah, that's not. Oh! Did you not know? Wait, you don't know where they got the name from? Is that from Dante's Inferno? Yeah, that's no, right. it's not. Yes, it is, mate. I thought they were they weren't levels; they're concentric circles. Well, it might it might not be Dante's Inferno, but it's someone's interpret. Guys, it's, it's Jimmy Durante. We're back. Jimmy Durante is coming to town. Uh, guys, we are we are doing the rolling quiz today. Um, Where are your sweet meats? No, have I got any? No, 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 no. We are doing that. But then, what is, what are level forty two named after? Because. Um, I, I, Excellently slapped bass. Why did you mention Jimmy Durante? Because <laughs> you said um, Dante. Well, I hear I got a lot of rock fans in Europe, and uh, <laughs> I know rock fans in Europe would like Jimmy Durante's coming to town. Yeah, of course we would. We're in Europe. It's been sort of reflected upon the fact is that I always wanted to be as great as George Burns and Walter Matthau now. Come on, wild man. Comedians because they couldn't make it as a rock Just sing us Jimmy Durante. It's called Jimmy Durante's coming to town because it could. I might be really as good as Jimmy Durante. You're not. Jimmy Durante is coming to town, coming to town, coming to town. Jimmy Durante is coming, is coming to town. Thank you, Wildman. Wildman Fisher, I'm coming. I'm coming. Jimmy and Durante on, and on, is and, on and on and on and on and on it goes. I told you I sold my uh, Wildman Fisher double album for seventy five pounds. Seventy five pounds. I sold it. Seventy five pounds. I don't know if it is a double album. It might just be a single album. Anyway, uh, um, so that, that we, uh, yeah. The, the, why would you film yourself? It's like it, here's the thing as well, right? To show off, I guess he was showing off. But 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 but, but where's the showing? Just don't break the law, guys. Why do we have to break the law? Why do we have to? Why does anybody have to break the law? Why can't we all just? You know, we were born to love one another. Why can't we all just get on with each Some other? People get their thrills in other ways, don't they? Just they get their, their kicks um, from uh, doing naughty things. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five. So what have we got for the listener to contribute on a day when? All of the stories in the newspaper are cack, and the, 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 the stories we got for the show, you know, the guests are dropping out willy-nilly. What have we got that the listener can contribute to, Catherine? Well, um, they can... Um... Sweet meats? Sweet meats. Where are they and have I got any? And level 42, I'm sure it's Dante. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1, there's reports of an accident southbound at Junction 13 for Bedford, and that's because uh, at the exit slip road, entry slip road there has been partially blocked, starting to cause some queues. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's very slow between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. And in Chesland on the A10, it's very slow southbound, approaching College Road, and that's uh, we've had reports that the traffic lights there aren't working towards the M25, so that could cause some delays. On the A1 southbound, there are queues from the Holiday Inn towards the Stirling Corner as well. And on the train departure, there's no reported problems at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Mm-hmm. 
7.15, it's Friday, thank goodness for that. It's the 9th of October, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. And the mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town. Sit back and relax. I want to tell you a story. Next Friday, our short story season launches here on BBC Three Counties Radio. The sunlight suddenly shone too brightly. A season dedicated to great stories written by you. Veins rippled innocently on the turquoise floor of the pool. And brought to life by us. The sultry afternoon air suffocated us in its heavy blanket. Short story season starts next Friday with Nick Coffer here on BBC Three Counties Radio. As the gentle breeze of the blouse blew through the air, my tousled hair became entwined in my eye. I brushed it to one side and I glanced, and the beauty that beheld my gaze was magnificent, and it touched me deep in my soul. Thank you very much indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Short stories. It's a dying art. The, the, the art of the short story. It's a dying art. Mm. Dying art. In the uh, 40s, 50s, and 60s, the short stories were because you would get things like Reader's Digest magazine. Yeah. And like true detective stories and stuff, and th- this is how writers, like people like Kurt Vonnegut and um, well Mark Twain, uh, years before, this is how they would earn their living is by writing short stories. Dickens, Dickens was um, it was it, all his stories were serials, weren't well, yeah, they? Kind of newspaper article type. Yeah, thing, yeah, yeah. And the the short story is a dying art, dear listener. It uh, so I'm I'm going to be um, um, asking. I'm not. I won't actually be able to listen to it myself. I'll be busy, but I'm going to be asking people what they thought of it. I love the power of the long story. If I remember trying to keep the kids, uh, send them to sleep through boredom, yeah. I've got this story. Uh, oh, Once on. upon a time, yeah. there was a little girl, yeah. and she said to her mummy, tell me a story. And her mummy said, oh no. Okay. Once upon a time. Oh no, you sound like my granddad. That's the kind of thing my you remind me of a man. What man? Do you know this? Yeah. What man? The man with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Voodoo. You do. What? Remind me of a man. What man? I'm mean, literally hours. And boy, oh boy, how much I would pay to have an, uh, another round of that with my grandfather. My granddad's one was, um, I wish I was a mockingbird. Oh. I'd mock and mock and mock. And mock and mock and mock and mock and mock and mock and mock. And mock. That's quite enough of that. I think we, I think we get, uh, I think we get the idea. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, eight one three double three. Start your uh, text three CR, or you can email as well. Uh, Ian at bbc.co.uk. Now, uh, the mum of a twenty-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes that police amnesty boxes could save lives. Um, the idea was proposed at a Wycombe District Council meeting this week, but it was not supported by the council's leader. Uh, Moya joins me now. Morning, Moya. Good morning. Thank Good you very morning, much for coming on at uh, well, well, twenty past seven is not quite as ridiculous as perhaps it could be. Tell me about no, Jordan. No, Tell me about Jordan. What, what was he like? Jordan, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, a peacemaker, a peacemaker. He was always the one. Um, if there was any hassle or whatever, he would be the one that would calm the situation down. He was fun, um, very loving, very loyal to his friends. Um, he was just a, a normal 20-year-old boy 
with everything to live for. Um, he was in college. He was doing media course. Um, at the time, he was actually, believe it or not, thinking of joining the police force. We'd got three quarters of the way through um, putting his forms out. So, yes, um, he was just a very, very articulate, um, clever young man. Uh, and if, if, listen, if I ask anything you don't want to answer, Moya, you tell me to jog on, I won't be offended at all. But I, I, would you mind telling me what happened six years ago? Yes, by all means. I mean, it, he was not the intended victim. He was um, in a property, which was a squat. He did have friends there. Um, he was living at home with me. It was early evening when he left. Um, I hadn't actually arrived home from work at that time. And subsequently, he'd gone down to deliver some clothing for a friend. Um, and that was the last... Well, I hadn't seen him since 7 o'clock that morning. Um, three attackers. Um, they went on the premise of robbing, basically. Um, and he was knifed through the heart. He he actually answered the door. He was knifed through the heart. Um, and then they kicked and stomped all over his body. Um, <sighs> Blimey. How did you find out about it, Moya? Um, well, unfortunately, Thames Valley Police... The, uh, they had a mix-up. They said they couldn't get hold of me, um, which I find rather absurd. But uh, I wasn't told until ten past three in the morning. Mm. But um, I knew from about 8.30 in the evening, I just had this awful premonition. There was something terribly, terribly wrong. I had this feeling I couldn't get hold of him. I'd left him voicemails. I'd left so many text messages. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just had this really heart-wrenching feeling that something was wrong. But I went to bed, um, and then I got woken up at ten past three in the morning to be told that he died. Oh, dear, I'm so he was sorry. Actually a, he was actually, um, he, he actually died at quarter past eleven in the evening. Mm. But, um, he wasn't registered as having died until 11.45pm. Um, so, it, it, you know, knife crime is particularly yeah. particularly important to me. Well, the, the next question on my screen is, why is this campaign so important? But I don't need to answer that, ask that question, because you've, you, you've kind of, you know, you've summed it up. You've told your story so powerfully, Moya. I, I can tell why it's so important to you. This this campaign obviously means a, a, a heck of a lot to you. It's not. It, it's not just the fact that I've lost Jordan to such an horrific crime. It's the fact that so many others are following in his footsteps, and more has to be done to prevent this. I, I mean, we're on a, a roller coaster here. That the, the figures. Um, speak for themselves, is on the increase month by month by month. Um, now, other forces have taken the initiative and are listening to reason from the public outcry that something has to be done. Um, in this instance, I, 
I was mortified that the knife amnesty was turned down by Wickham District Council. We've talked about knife amnesties on here before, and they always seem to have... Uh, uh, whether it reduces knife crime, I don't know. I've not looked at the stats. But um, it certainly raises awareness, which is, can only be a good thing. And certainly a load of knives do end up in those big kind of plastic or those big containers that they have outside the police station or get handed in at the police desk. So we know that there is an impact. Um, so it must have been a surprise when Wickham District Council decided not to go for it. Well, yes, of course. I mean, particularly um, in relation... Um, their, their premise, if I can say, is the fact that it would cast a bad light on High Wickham. Gosh, um, <laughs> really? Environment. Wow. This is, what, this is what I believe. This is what I believe. OK, OK. They want, it, they want the public to think or believe that this is a safe environment to live in and socialising and work in. Um, it would be very, very bad publicity from a social media point of view if that were not the case. Um, we, we, spoke, we asked uh, Wickham District Council to, uh, to come on. Councillors don't like coming on this show uh, um, because, Moya, because I, I kind of ask them direct questions and they prefer it if we, I let them read their press statement. So Katrina Wood from uh, Wickham yeah. District Council de de declined to come on. But they sent a statement. The statement is this. The number of reported violent crimes in the Wickham district has increased a little. We are told in these circumstances that Thames Valley Police would not ordinarily launch a knife and gun amnesty, but the force will be best placed to comment further on this. And then we got a statement from Thames Valley Police, which says... And by the way, guys, if you send a statement in, it really it comes across as being very, very cold. If a human being comes on and speaks to us, it sounds so much warmer. Uh, this is the Thames Valley Police statement. The local police area of Wickham has a long history of working closely with the local authority and other partners to tackle knife crime. Police officer, it, it don't say anything, really. The police one doesn't say anything. What, what's, what's your reaction to those, Moya? I just think that they're burying their head in the sand. I mean, two months ago, that a young man lost his knife, life to knife crime. This is in High Wycombe Town Centre. Um, there's been several instances. And, you know, we're talking knife crime here, but we, we're talking weapon crime in particular. Mm. Um, guns have been used in the area. There's, some defendants were um, recently sentenced. So it's right across the board, and weapons do travel. There's no doubt about that. I mean, there was an instance some time ago um, where it was some Wickham use retaliated and went to Slough and stabbed somebody. So th th this is a national crisis. And if Thames Valley Police cannot see that, well, it beggars belief, to be quite frank. The statistics, the figures speak for themselves. Yeah. Oh no, no, knife crime, knife crime is on the up. You know, yeah, and particularly in London, it's up a lot. But right across the whole country, it's it's on an upwards trend. Uh, Moya, um, I really appreciate you, you you sharing Jordan's story with us this morning. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you so much. Well, I just hope um, that by speaking out, both Thames Valley Police and Wickham District Council will definitely have a change of mind and heart wow. on this. One less knife on the street is one less knife that is going to be used to create mayhem and cause devastation. It is the families that have to suffer through all of this. And believe me, your life is never, ever, ever the same again. 
and they really ought to be considering the people. Moya, thank you very much indeed, uh, Moya Griffiths there. Uh, 03459 455 555. That makes you think, doesn't it? Teary, teary me. <sighs> OK. 03459 555 555. If uh, you want to text in, start your text, uh, 3CR. Um, well, I, I, there's not really a lot you can say after that, is there? So um, if they're waiting, let's go to the travel a little bit early, shall we? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very slow on the M1 southbound at Junction 13 for Bedford because there was an accident earlier on the entry slip road. On the A10 Great Cambridge Road in Chesland, it's very slow. We've had reports of traffic lights at College Road are not working, so that's causing delays heading towards the M25. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. And it's also slow on the Bricketwood North Orbital Road Junction roundabout for the M25 at the Junction 21A roundabout. On the train departure boards, there are no reports problems at the moment. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. So, what have we got so far? Where, are, where the, what the hell are sweetmeats? Um, um, it's John Lennon's 75th birthday. There are some people that don't like the old codger. I know there are some people, I mean, a lot of his, a lot of his solo albums, uh, let's be honest, they're kind of stinky. They're kind of stinky. There's some good, there's a lot of good stuff out there, but they're, they're patchy at best. The Imagine album's good, apart from the song Imagine. What's the one where he sat under a tree? That's good. But then you've got Sometime in New York City, and you've got the awful rock and roll, and Double Fantasy. Hey, Double Fantasy. Flipping it. 03459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC's Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. Simon Butler broke his ankle and now has a 25% risk of amputation. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a knife amnesty in the town and a new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today. Vote Leave includes the Conservative MP for Wycombe, Steve Baker, and the Labour MP for Luton North, Kelvin Hopkins. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Northern Ireland have qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major finals since the 1986 World Cup following last night's 3-1 win over Greece. Watford defender Craig Cathcart was in the Northern Irish team with MK Don's duo Lee Hodson and Ben Reeves and Luton's Paddy McCourt among the subs. His manager Michael O'Neill. Very happy and ecstatic to be honest and a sense of relief because we weren't wanting to go to the last game and um, but the pleasing thing was the level of performance to be honest and, and you know we were bodies down tonight and the lads that stepped in were fantastic. The Republic of Ireland will join them if they win in Poland on Sunday. That's after a 1-0 win over world champions Germany in Dublin. But Scotland are out after conceding a last-minute equaliser to draw two all at home to Poland. Tonight, England, who have already qualified, host Estonia, with former MK Dons midfielder Deli Alley set to make his debut. There are no matches tomorrow for Watford, MK Dons or Wickham because of the internationals. Luton host York in League Two with Stevenage away to Exeter on Sunday lunchtime. A new Liverpool manager, Jurgen Klopp, will give his first press conference at Anfield at 10 o'clock this morning.
In golf, England's Matthew Fitzpatrick leads the British Masters at Woburn. The 21-year-old carded a 7-under par 64 yesterday to lead by one shot. Woburn-based Ian Poulter had a 68, Luke Donald a 67. Here's Chris Latcham. Matt Fitzpatrick won't have long to dwell on his first round lead as he's due off at 8.40 this morning. The 21-year-old belied his age yesterday, rolling in six birdies and an eagle in a 7-under par 64 in front of 15,000 spectators. Today, though, we'll test how he leads from the front because four players are within one shot. One of those is Lee Slattery, fresh from winning in Russia last month, and Scotland's Mark Warren, who'll be looking to impress his playing partner, Europe's Ryder Cup captain Darren Clark. And practice starts shortly for Sunday's Russian Grand Prix. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton leads the Drivers' Championship by 48 points with five races left this season. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at eight. There's a word for that, but I don't seem to know it. Sometimes I grow a mustache just so I don't have to show it. The word for that that someone somewhere chose for that little dented skin between my upper lip and nose. There's a word for that. What does it start with? The word for that. I'd sound so smart if I only knew. The word for that. Perhaps you do. The word you're looking for is philtrum. There's a word for that. It may come to me soon. It dangles down in my mouth and it's often in cartoons. The word for that. It seems like such a drag to not know what to call that little fleshy punching bag. There's a word for that. What does it start with? The word for that. I'd sound so smart if I only knew. The word for that. Perhaps you do. Do you mean uvula? There's a word for that. It's on the tip of my tongue. Well, actually underneath it and has been since I was young. The word for that. Although I wouldn't quote, it likely stops my tongue from disappearing down my throat. There's a word for that. What does it start with? The word for that. I'd sound so smart if I only knew. The word for that. Perhaps you do. What does it start with? The word for that. I'd sound so smart if I only knew. The word for that. Perhaps you do. Oh, you nuts. It's frenulum. You nuts. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Ian. What, what you got, you got for us, boss? You all right? Oh, leave her out of the equation, please. Uh, oh, why? Uh, oh, she is, she, is the, uh, she is the show as well, isn't she? <laughs> I beg your pudding. She's the what? Well, in that case, you can talk to her. Bye-bye. It's been said before that I've made a show of myself. Morning, Mark. Good morning, Catherine. Hiya. What did you... Oh, he's not talking to you now. It's one no, or the I'm other. both of you. Who do you love more, Mummy or Daddy? Oh, Mummy and Daddy. That's just weird. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that sentence at all. What you got, Mark? Right. Uh, did you did you find out about the egg? Uh, the egg no, egg no. Who was it who called in about it? Uh, I, I did. You got a picture of the scenario yesterday morning. Yeah. I'm sitting at my table, and I'm and the, you get the guy turning about to, holding an egg. In Let one me just hand, explain for those. Yeah. Egg. For those who missed it, we had a very, we had a very, I'm going to say, doer gentleman phone in, <laughs> and he wanted to know why. And it took me ages to work out what he was talking about. Okay, so you've got an egg in your left hand, an egg in your right hand. You hold the um, the left hand up, you hold the right hand underneath it, and then you put an egg in the middle. So they're kind of going as it's it's an eggy column. Right. This was Will from Sunderland Park. Will, and he wanted to know why the middle egg Spins. would then spin around. Well, I I. I sat there uh, trying to do combinations of trying to balance these eggs. Anyway, I, I, yeah. I got one in one hand and I thought, well, I can't do it. So I thought, 
Oh, you're going to break these. So what I did, I thought, oh, I'll do it. I'll try it another day. So as I put the eggs on the table, I thought, right, I went to the time it took for me to lean back onto the kitchen surface and get the egg box to put them back in. One of the things had rolled on the flipping floor. Right, this is right. This is eight o'clock, the news has come on, and I've got to get out the door at ten past eight, and here I was trying to... Clean up eggs. ...table this egg, and I texted you at the same time. I I did text you yesterday about... Oh, I thought that was a joke when you texted in saying I've smashed the egg on the floor. I thought you were joking. No, if it had been been caught to 80, and I would have actually phoned in, it's not a good idea. Here we go. The time it took, look, ten seconds... The egg had rolled off the table onto the floor. Here we go. It, this is what I'm establishing from all of these um, talks of eggs. Eggs are haunted. That could be the <laughs> uh, that could be the only explanation for it. Eggs are haunted. That's got to be any, it. Did anybody work it out? In Hang the on end, a second, Tony. Oh, hello, Ian. Did you do the egg thing? I did, and I was amazed that it happened. So what would well, describe describe it? Because I still don't really understand what's supposed to happen. The middle leg is supposed to spin around. Yeah. But how is that possible? Spin. Well, don't know. Didn't know for sure at the time. Yes. But it certainly happened. And as, as I say, I was amazed. You know, because this looked staggering. So, in the right. true light of um, scientific pursuit of the truth, yep. I um, did an experiment yep. to try and... Um, no, 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 no. T- Tony, Tony, Tony. You did an yep. experiment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, come on. What, what, what were the results? Were they excellent? Oh, guys. Extraordinary. Oh, Catherine, you have to go and ruin it. Oh. What, 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 so what happened? Well, what happened was I uh, decided to um, get rid of the curved surfaces on the tops of the eggs from the uh, experiment, which... Um, How did you get rid of... You smoothed... Did you sand down eggs? No, I used a couple of mugs. Well, me and Catherine, and by, by the sounds of it, the way this conversation's by going, that, yes. Uh, no, I mean the sort of mug that you actually drink out of, yeah. rather than any other sort of mug that may spring to mind. And, and it still happens. But what you, what, it only <laughs> happens if you if you move one of the mugs so that the uh, the axis going exactly <laughs> through the I egg... You understand what's supposed to happen. ...becomes... <laughs> Slightly misplaced from the absolute vertical, and then <laughs> the, the movable bit inside the egg, which gives it that that peculiarity which you spoke of yesterday, um, uh, adopts then a position such that if it's slightly off axis, <laughs> the yolk the yolk will, will yes. move. Tony, can I ask you a personal question? Oh well, yes, certainly. Yeah, do you do you, do you like do you do you like cocks? Uh, which sort of cox? Brian Cox, because you're you're explaining oh, it in Brian the style Cox. of Brian Cox, the, the 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 cosmetologist. Yeah, oh, he's brilliant. He's brilliant. But you're explaining it in the... that style. You got that. You got that passion for eggs that he's got. You know, for space. Well, I have a passion for the pursuit of the truth, the pursuit of the truth, or result in a human race. Tony's got nuts. Race. Yeah. Tony's gone nuts. What? I've never heard him like this. Is this music underneath? <laughs> uh, let's get oh, some. Hell, we need, we need some. We need some. Calm him. Calm him. We need quick. some calmer music. Hang on a second. Um, okay, let's have some calmer music. Here we go. Um, here we go. Then this will stop. Yeah, something from calm. That'll do.
Okay, we'll have this. This, this, this. this is a bit calmer, oh, isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. okay, right. Yeah, calm, calm down, down. Mark, are you following any of this? Yeah, I'm trying to. <laughs> have you got any more eggs left, Mark, or have you dropped no, them all? No, I haven't. I, I had the omelette last night <laughs> with, the, with the remaining eggs before but I threw them on So you put yours in... I don't even know why I'm having this conversation, because I've got no idea. I'm, the, <laughs> radio is, you know, the theatre of the mind, and I'm supposed to be able to describe in words what's going on. I don't even understand what's going on. It sounds like the naked scientist type thing. We used to do that on, the, on radio. Cambridgeshire, brilliant. What, what? Be naked? No, no. You know the naked uh, scientist. No, I don't know. I don't. I don't. Anybody that calls themselves naked and isn't naked, I'm not interested Fraud. in. Fraud. The naked chef, the naked scientist, the barefoot doctor. Although he was barefoot actually, and he was a bit of a plum. Okay. I'm a near naked scientist. All right, I'm going to cut you both off now, gentlemen. Okay. okay. Bye bye. Funny though. Uh, what, Mark and Tony? Yeah. They should take that to Edinburgh. Don't take it here. I don't understand. I still don't understand what the eggs are supposed to do. Spin. But Tony had his in mugs. So that means it's supernatural force. That means egg is either haunted. Egg is either haunted or has its own gravitational force. The egg is haunted. Egg is haunted. 03459 455 <laughs> Guys, I'm going to put it out there because I've got a feeling we might get... If we get one call on this, it's worth it. Hang on. <clears throat> if you've ever had haunted food, <laughs> call me now. I bet that someone's got a, a, a can of peas pudding in their nan's larder or something that's... that's when Nana died, that, that peas pudding just kept rolling around all over the place. Or, or a haunted... A ghostly sausage. I, I, someone out there um, Ollie, the fishing correspondent, says, I know what I'm doing tonight. Eggs, beer, and the pursuit of truth. <laughs> 03459 455 555. So, Radio 4, I was in the car for a bit yesterday. Mm. It was National Poetry Day. Oh. How did we miss that one? On purpose. Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, guys. I was uh, my, my, my friend Simon, who is, is sat out there with you, you should say hello to him because he's. Uh, All right, Simon. Should have introduced you earlier. Um, he, uh, we were we were driving along and we were talking about what we think is good about radio and what we think is bad about radio. And I said, oh, well, one of the worst things I hate, poetry on the radio is awful. And old old biddies phone up and they say, oh, I've written a poem for you. No, 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 poetry on the radio is awful. And then literally seconds after it, the uh, announcer on Radio 4 went, and it's National Poetry Day on BBC Radio <laughs> 4. And now with a 24-hour live broadcast, it's Andrew Marr with 24 hours of live poetry. And I swear to God, right, Andrew Marr was doing a live poetry show Gosh. 30 minutes every other half an hour. So on the half an hour, well, yes, I'm Andrew Marr, and today this poem we're going to... And he had all these boring old people read it out Ian Hislop reading like 17th century poetry and then some woman analyse it this is the reason why people hate poems two reasons one it's rubbish two because we had to analyse them at school if something needs analysis then it ain't worth I tell you why, why um I tell you why the um uh, Liam Neeson series of movies taken is good because you can just watch it yeah watch it you got it, his daughter, then it's his wife, then it's his daughter again in the third one. Beautiful, I've got it. I don't need to write an essay about it. I don't no. need to deconstruct it. There's no, it's, it's de- Liam Neeson has deconstructed it himself. His daughter's been taken, he's got a gun. That's it. Poetry, you've got like every syllable. You've got to break it down to every flipping syllable and analyse it. What's the point of that? And then the sound of the words. The, the, sound it the makes. similes, the homilies. Homilies are they things? Homilies. Homines. 
homonyms. The homony, the homonyms. There's a word I never thought I would say, and I almost didn't. Although I had to, <laughs> I had to resist joining in with a poetry phone in on the way um, back from Birmingham, though, because oh. um, there was one woman, and she was very compelling. I couldn't stop listening to her, and. Um, she opened up with, uh, it's National Poetry Day. And uh, one of my friends has come in from the office, apparently. Um, she sounded like one of those actresses. She had one yeah. of those voices. Yeah. Thanks, Trish. Thank yeah. you very much. And she said, I thought we'd have a bit of fun with this this morning. Oh, anyone who says, I know, guys. Th- 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 we had, a, we had a, a woman who worked on the show for one day about a year ago. And we were, um, I don't, we were, we were doing our show, you know, as, as we do. And she came in during the news and went, OK, guys, um, how about we have a little bit of fun with this? <laughs> Out. Out. <laughs> what do you think we're doing? This is this is fun, guys. So this actressy person said, OK, we're going to have a bit of fun with this. I'm going to throw open the phone lines and I'm going to start off a poem and I'm hoping that you oh. at home will help us finish it. Oh. There was a young lady named Trish. <laughs> See, all I could think of was fish. Who emptied her bowels in a dish. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I would have done it. He went something like, there was a young lady... And then someone straight in there, who I suspect might have been upstairs in the office because he was too quick on the draw. Yeah. Who went off to bed with a wish. Oh. <laughs> Hang on. There was a young lady called Trish who went to bed with a wish. Doesn't even scam. Um... I mean, it's, it's got it's to go to fish, hasn't it? Or, or well, no, 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 no. That weren't done. There was a young lady called Trish who went to bed with a bish, a, a wish. Oh, a bish. A wish. She dreamt of a bone. No, hang on. No, no, no. Hang on. <laughs> but the, but the, the, the <laughs> I know the tune to those songs. I don't know the words. Da 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 Seriously, guys, poetry on the radio. Radio 4 was doing... And bless Andrew Marr, you know, I, 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 I've still not quite worked out what Andrew Marr's for yet. I, I, I watch him and I listen to him and I don't, I don't quite know... Apart from being tedious, I've not worked out what his power is yet. You, you know. should know better than that, though, surely. Surely. I mean, it was just... And he was Andrew Marr acting poems. Oh, dear God, it was... Oh, no, no, no. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the A10 southbound on the Great Cambridge Road from Chesson towards the M25 there are delays. It was after the traffic lights were uh, faulty there earlier on at College Road but they've been fixed now so it should start to ease off soon. In Walthamstow on the North Circular Road there's a lane blocked eastbound between the, the Walthamstow Avenue and the Cooksbury Interchange and that's causing delays from the Crooked Billet Interchange. On the M25 there are queues anti-clockwise from Junction 17 to Maple Cross to 16 for the M40 but it's looking fine on the M1 at the moment in both directions through the roadworks between Junction 12 for Flitwick and 11 for Dunstable. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. I've just opened my emails. There's loads of emails. Have I, have I, have I done something wrong? That normally means... It normally means I've said something um, litigious or sweary. I'll have a look in a minute. Uh, where are we now? 7.46, Friday the 9th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today but by Luton MP Kelvin Hopkins... And Wickham MP and friend of the show, Mr Steve Baker. Oh, he'll do, I bet he'll do interviews for that. Not about a school for deaf and disabled children that's closing, though. 
And a former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's certainly a very chilly start to the day, but a windscreen scraping going on possibly across the three counties this morning. Some mist and fog patches as well, not too dense, so they should lift and clear fairly readily through the course of the morning. There's um, there's lots of sunshine around as well. Some blue sky about this morning. Probably a bit more fair weather cloud this afternoon, uh, but not quite as much as we saw yesterday. Top temperatures up to around 16 Celsius, 61 in Fahrenheit. So it's going to feel nice and pleasant in the sunshine with just a light breeze. Now, as we head into this evening... And the overnight period there won't be quite as much mist and fog forming because the air is going to be dry but it will still feel really quite chilly underneath largely clear skies lows of around four or five degrees it's looking dry and settled over the weekend perhaps just one or two showers that could form here and there basically drifting in from the north sea so most likely i think towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire, but otherwise dry all weekend uh, there will be some sunny spells around at some rather chilly nights and the wind is going to pick up it's coming in from the east so it's going to be feeling really quite chilly so do allow for a significant wind chill factor I think on Saturday and particularly so on Sunday and feeling quite cold as well as we head into next week but otherwise mostly dry that's the forecast Thank you Elizabeth When you need local news The headlines, serious injuries for Bedford cyclist and heritage windfall for Luton Museum When you need local travel M40 southbound one lane blots and it's queuing two lorries of the car involved. When you need local weather Lots of sunny spells around and more sunshine developing of course plenty of blue skies as we head into the afternoon BBC Three Counties Radio is here Bedfordshire Police are defending plans to halve the number of community support officers in the county With local up to date news and travel bulletins throughout the day. Get your travel. After Paul Young, wherever I lay my hat, that's my home. You'll always be up to date. That's the forecast. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, oh three four five nine four up. Why we, 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 we seem to have fallen in love with weather here? It's mysterious, isn't it? Does anyone ever have? I tell you what, I did because I, I was quite geeky as a kid, and actually, my boys would love this. Those, um, in fact, I might get one. Those um, 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 weather stations used to get in the back. But, but when, right, when I was at school, I lived on a council estate in Slough. So the weather station we had at the school, it was a yogurt. It was a ski pot. Yeah. Um, what else did we have? We had like, um, oh, we had a, a, um, a, um, a cock, a weather cock made, a weather vane made with... With a, a spinny on top. I think it was made with plastic spoons. <laughs> I've got a feeling. I seem to remember it being made with plastic spoons. <laughs> it got the wind. I'm oh, sure the Met Office used something similar. <laughs> oh. I know, I used to love it. You go, right, here we go. And, and no one ever, no one ever asked... Why are we measuring the rain? <laughs> Why? Why are we measuring the rain in this yogurt pot? No one ever asked that, and it's it's an. The answer odd... will be because it kills half an hour. It kills half an hour, guys. That's what it's for. Um, well, I might have a little um, uh, now. Uh, now, um, this 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 next story, right? Well, how do I say this? A gliss gliss. Is this before I do this, right? Is this real? Yes. Wowzers! Okay, this is an incredible story. Five weeks ago, a fire destroyed the lofts of two homes in Tring, leaving the owners homeless. The probable cause is a gliss gliss. I'd never heard of a gliss gliss. It's a type of dormouse. Um, it was, uh, I mean, this is fascinating. It was introduced to the town when the rodents were deliberately set free from the eccentric Walter, Walter Rothschild's private animal collection in 1902. It's like the island of Dr. Moreau. It's just... Um, Apparently they're massive as well. Really? Mm-hmm. 
Wow. I, I, I'm going to Google one in a second. A conference is taking place today, which has been organised by the Chiltern Woodland Project, Project, and it features research into the Gliss Gliss. Well, it is a serious story because Andrea Lane is one of those people whose home was affected by the fire. Morning, Andrea. Morning. Tell us what happened. Well, um, I don't sleep very well, so I happened to be awake um, about one in the morning and started hearing these little noises in the loft. Um, and it got worse and worse, and I nudged my husband and said, we've got a herd of gliss-gliss up there. Now, did you say gliss-gliss immediately? Yes. Because I, I, I've never heard of them. I know. Well, we, you do if you live in Tring. Or oh, OK, right, OK. Areas, yeah. Um, because they're, they're around here in the road that I live in. Sometimes they go in people's windows, oh, go across the table, nick a bit of fruit and go out again. They're quite bold. Yeah, OK, um, so, so the people are aware of them in the area then, as yeah. being a thing. OK, so you, you nudge your husband awake. Yes, and uh, there's this, like, sort of scurrying, which I thought was the gliss-gliss, because we've had them before, and I'd heard them in the um, cavity walls a couple of days before. Um, and he sort of woke up and listened, and he said, I don't think that's gliss-gliss. I think the cat's shut in, so off he went to have a look. Looked out the back window and said to me, quick, call the fire brigade, there's a fire. Oh, no. So um, I jumped out of bed, got the phone, ran downstairs, calling the fire brigade to go outside because it was next door in their loft. Yeah. Um, to go outside and make sure that they were up. And they were, they were actually out of their house, so they'd obviously heard it a few minutes before us. Yeah. Um and we stood there basically and watched the roofs of our houses. Oh gosh, out. Andrea, that must have been awful. It was. It was. It was terrible. And we're both out now for four to six months. We're having to oh. rent somewhere else. So uh, it's I mean, uh, two hours, unfortunately. Oh flipping it. I'm assuming the insurance pays for you renting somewhere else, does it? That yeah. covers that. Okay. So that's yeah, that's something. And, and and the houses can be repaired. They're not they're not completely they're not no. complete wrecks. No, um, our neighbour's house, the whole of the roof has gone. It's like a skeleton. Oh, dear. Um, the, while we were stood there, before the lovely um, fire brigade got here, they, um, we think the boiler in the loft blew up on David's side. So yeah. um, it's a gas boiler, and there was a big bang, big massive, you know, fireball. Blimey. Um, and what we think happened then was all the weight of the tiles and things fell down and fell through the ceilings in David's. So they were very lucky because they've got two children. Oh, well. gosh. Doesn't that make you think? No, I know. And it was quite... It was raging then. Um, and up till then, I was thinking it was just David's house, but it did spread through two hours after a little while. And everyone, um, everyone's well and, and healthy and safety, uh, safe. No one, was, no one was hurt. OK, well, that, that, yes. that's, that's a blessing. Which is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and it, which is a very good thing, Andrea. Yeah. Um, uh, and, uh, and it will get fixed. So, yes. it, again, that's another good thing. So when do you reckon you'll be back home? Will you, you, well, they, they said four to six months when they first spoke to us. Yeah. Um, You're going to be home for Christmas? No. Oh. No, no, because it happened in September. Yeah, we oh, we reckon, um, I don't know, March probably, because oh. the scaffolding's only just gone up. So they've put like a tin roof over the top. Yeah. 
to stop it getting any damper than it already is. Oh, Andrea, I'm 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 so sorry. What a horrific thing to happen. I, I wish you the best of luck, and I you know I keep my fingers crossed they Thank sort you. it out as soon as possible. Thank you so much for for sharing that with us. Okay. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh God! Imagine that. We have a gliss gliss expert on the line. Imagine that, Catherine. Oh dearie me. Uh, Dr. Pat Morris is a gliss gliss expert and is presenting a speech on the creatures at the Chilterns Woodland Conference. I'd never even heard of them, Pat. I'm looking at them. They look like kind of like a cross between a sort of squirrel and a mouse type thing. Yes, they're like small squirrels. They look. They're... You've probably not heard of them, probably because you don't live in the affected areas. They're, the so, problem is quite localised. So is is it only because this fruitcake, Walter Rothschild, released these into the wild? Well, I wouldn't call him a fruitcake, and he did so for what in those days was considered a good reason. But uh, yes, he imported some and released them at Tring Park. So what was so what was his reason then? What did what was his good reason? <laughs> Well, this country is an island and it has fewer animals on it than on the continent. And yeah. he and a number of other influential uh, zoologists of the day, including the Duke of Bedford, felt that it was a good idea to um, make good some of the deficits. And so various things were imported, like grey squirrels, munjack yep. deer, wow. edible dormice, grisk deer. And, um, and, and that's what they did. Well, you can but, eat them. Um, well, they, the Romans used to eat them, wow, and those... some people in Mediterranean countries um, uh, have, d- have done so well into recent times. Um, I think they still hunt them in uh, Slovenia, for example. Right, OK. Um, and obviously they didn't deliberately set out to, to cause a fire, but, ca- but can they? They, they? they can obviously cause damage. Well, I can't comment on that particular case because I don't know what the evidence was <laughs> uh, or whether it's been proven yet, but certainly... Um, they are rodents, like rats or squirrels, and they will gnaw things like electric cables, and so there is a possibility, yes. And at one time there was a story that um, they were gnawing the organ pipes at Aston Clinton Church and causing the thing to go out of tune, so that they will actually do gnawing, and that could cause all sorts of trouble. You don't want anyone gnawing on an organ like that. That's going to, be out, uh, that's going to cause all kinds of problems. Uh, do they serve any purpose, or should we be out there with traps? Uh, you can't trap them because all dormice are protected throughout Europe. Clever. And um, and so although they are an introduced pest here, technically they are protected species, and so you're supposed to have a licence to, uh, to to catch them, though I think any householders that were mm. troubled by them seriously would be forgiven for uh, taking action. But uh, you have to be careful because that isn't legal and there aren't... Um, and you mustn't use poisons on them and so on. And it's just in this area, Pat. It, it, they, they've, not, they've not kind of spread out any they, further. They've not spread far because they're animals typically of the high forest and so the open uh, areas of the Vale of Aylesbury have limited yeah. their spread to the west. But they're spreading elsewhere. They've got as far south as Reading now. And, of course, because people do catch them or accidentally transport them, they've been taken all over the place. So I've seen one from Essex. I've seen a stuffed one down near Winchester. They were down in the New Forest. Um, And goodness knows where else they might be, because it takes a while for the numbers to build up sufficiently for them to be noticeable. I'm seeing some pictures of people holding them. Are are any good as pets? they bite. They bite oh. really nastily. Oh, so and my kids. So, um, yes, if you reared babies, they'd probably make uh, pets. Though, being nocturnal animals, they're not very suitable. 
um, but, but they do bite. All right, Pat. Listen, I've learned something today. Thank you very much indeed. I appreciate that. Fascinating. Dr Pat Morris, a Gliss, Gliss expert, 03459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you, uh, I, <laughs> I'd never heard of them. I did like the way he said, well, I can't comment on that as it's not been proven that they were responsible for the fight. As if they were going to get sued. We're not talking about an active murder case. It's <laughs> a Gliss, Gliss somewhere listening to the radio going, hang on, are you talking about me? Right, I got a dollar sign flashing in front of their eyes. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Chesson, there are delays on the A10 southbound heading towards the M25 because the traffic lights at College Road weren't working earlier, but they've been fixed now, so the delays should be starting to ease off soon, but it's still looking quite busy at the moment. It's also slow on the A1 southbound from Borehamwood through the Hardy End towards Barnet Lane at the Stirling Corner. And in Watford, it's busy on Beach and Grove at the turning for Escort Road and the Bricketwood North Orbital Road M25 Junction 21A roundabouts looking very slow as well. It's busy on the M25 anti-clockwise between Junction 17th Maple Cross and 15 for the M4. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. It's been, listen, I, I know, and I apologise, it's been a little bit quiet on the J-Dog front. We're going to have him in the next hour with a beautiful, beautiful package. 75 years old today, John Lennon would have been. J-Dog will have more. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines bereaved mother urges rethink on Wickham knife amnesty. MPs from this region backing vote leave campaign and St Albans sinkhole still moving. BBC Three Counties Radio. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wickham is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes police amnesty boxes could save lives. The idea was proposed at a Wickham district council meeting this week but Moya told this programme she's mortified it wasn't supported. Well I just hope um, that by speaking out both Thames Valley Police and Wickham District Council will definitely have a change of mind and heart on this. One less knife on the street is one less knife that is going to be used to create mayhem and cause devastation. It is the families that have to suffer through all of this. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today, bringing together MPs and donors from the Conservatives, Labour and UKIP. Vote Leave is the second Eurosceptic group formed to fight the referendum due by the end of 2017 and includes the Conservative MP for Wickham, Steve Baker, and Labour MP for Luton North, Kelvin Hopkins. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation. Simon Butler fractured his right ankle when he slipped on ice while on guard dog patrol outside the jail. More from Tony Fisher. The High Court heard after the life-changing fall in December 2009, he developed serious complications and is now plagued by chronic pain and reduced mobility. He carries a 25% risk of amputation and is forced to rely on his son and wife. The 47-year-old sued over an alleged negligent failure to grit the area where he fell and the Ministry of Justice accepted he should be compensated. 
The family of a man from Luton who died in a plane crash on Saturday have paid tribute to him, saying he was a devoted husband and father. First Officer Francis Simmons, who was 46, died when his light aircraft came down in Chigwell. He leaves a wife and a seven-year-old son. The pilot was also killed. There are warnings that the deficit for the NHS could total £2 billion by the end of the financial year as health regulators prepare to publish the latest accounts. Experts predict the figures will show that the shortfalls are growing at a faster rate than last year. Engineers have told the BBC that the ground around the St Albans sinkhole is still moving and more cracks have appeared. The giant crater appeared eight days ago in Fontmel Close, with several residents still not able to return to their homes. The BBC's Yvonne Hall was given access to the site yesterday, where nearly 7,000 tonnes of concrete have been pumped in. Engineers are now constantly monitoring this site to see if the foamed concrete is stabilising the land. But they've told us this morning that the ground here is still moving, with cracks like this appearing, some of them several inches wide. In sport, Northern Ireland's 3-1 win over Greece means they have qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major finals since the 1986 World Cup. And England's Matt Fitzpatrick has a one-shot lead going into day two of the British Masters Golf at Woburn. The weather, dry and sunny, maximum temperature 17 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Well, 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 isn't, um, isn't Facebook a um, snarky, dark, horrible place? Until you go to the BBC Three Counties page and read the wonderful words that Adrian's written about us. Thank you, Adrian. He's written something really nice. Have you read it? Go and have a look. On the visitor's post. Thank you, Adrian. I, 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 sir, I, 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 I couldn't possibly comment, but thank you. Ah, oh dear. It's been it's, it's a weird show this morning because, I mean, the... I don't know, are all the newspaper journalists on holiday this week? Because every day this week it's been very, very quiet in the papers. Anyway, we, we struggled to find something for Dealey. Dealey is, has gone out and about. John Lennon would have been 75 years old today. And wouldn't it be nice if he was still here, but, you know, still releasing, you know, we'd still be waiting for that great album that we'd all think he'd got inside him. But it'd just be nice to have him around, wouldn't it? Anyway, Dealey's going to put together a, 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 a John Lennon package. We're still talking about this thing we talked about yesterday, about if you have one, if you've got three eggs on top of each other and you're holding them, the one in the middle will spin around. But I don't even know how that's possible. I don't... If I could be bothered, I'd send one of the team out to buy some eggs, but I'm not putting my hand in my pocket, and I'm not... I'm, I'm actually keener to hear you lot doing it. Boyle? Disco Dave's got a theory about it. Excellent. <laughs> I guess maybe we'll get to hear that at some point in the day. <laughs> Across beds, huts ah, and Let's do it now. This do it now. is BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's do it now. What's Disco Dave's theory? Ian, the egg spins as the egg white, or albumen, is viscous. Oh, also, the egg viscous. contains an air sac, causing a shift in air balance. Sac. I don't know what that means. Stop that. Oh, okay. so it's perpetual motion. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, if you want. Okay. Um, Still don't quite understand it, but um, I still don't even know actually what happens. Could someone film it? 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Of course, I forgot that we have the technology. If you've got a, um, a beta cam or a VHS video recorder and, three eggs. and, and a blank tape, or you only need it if you, get, you, know, you can tape it after EastEnders or, or Ghostbusters too. Um, yeah, put it in and film it and uh, send us that video cassette recording as, as soon as possible. And hopefully, within the next two weeks, we'll be able to um, know what the heck we're talking about. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call now. A man has been awarded almost half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice during the course of his work at Woodhill Prison. Simon Butler was a prison officer on guard dog patrol when he fell, fracturing his right ankle. The High Court heard that complications which developed afterwards means he now has a 25% chance of becoming an amputee. Jim Tassel is an independent health and safety consultant. Um, joining you now. Morning, Jim. Good morning, Em. Um, now, we don't know the exact details of this case, but w- what are the kind of factors? Because I know I've had a couple of emails, and maybe I'll read some in a minute, from people kind of scratching their heads at um, how this much money could be awarded for someone slipping on ice at work. How, 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 does, it, how does the compensation system like this work? Well, it works really not on the basis of, oh, was it a slip on the ice? It works on the basis of what... What has the person suffered as a result of the accident? So without going too close to this particular case, you've got somebody who's been injured. They're not able to pursue the life that they had before because of the accident. And the money is really only meant to make up for their needs, for care, for all the things that they now need that they previously wouldn't have needed, you know, you got somebody at the age of 50, they were expecting to carry on working for 15 years. Um, so there's lost income. What about their pension? What about the care costs? And then something on top for pain and suffering. Now, if I was to say to you, right, I'm not able to work. I need compensating in terms of my lack of ability to earn. How much money do I need to set aside Um, compare this to the low rate of annuities at present. How much money do I really need to set aside to get a guaranteed income over the next 15 years? And it starts to become big money. Yeah. Um, And and listen, I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate, Jim. This isn't necessarily what I believe. Um, But slipping on ice, do you know what I mean? How much responsibility does a workplace have to take and how much of it is it individual responsibility? If it's in the workplace and if it's work-related, then the focus is first on the employer. You know, if you ask people to go out at some time early in the morning to do a patrol, mm. question then is, what's it going to be like, not in the middle of summer, but in the middle of winter? Now, we don't know all the circumstances. Let's not go too close. Yeah, no, to we, we, case, we speak vaguely about vagaries and, you know, be general, yeah. Really, there is an expectation that... We do know that winter happens every year and we do know that we get ice and we do know that people slip over it on perfectly valid things. It may be as simple as you walking from the BBC car park into Three Counties Radio. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And you're coming in first thing. Actually, you're quite a good example thinking about oh, it. Oh, blimey. Again. Don't tempt me. This show, is, <laughs> this show is cursed, Jim. When we say things like this, it actually happens. So I'm going to come no, and that, sue you. But go on. Let's, yeah, no, use that, me as that, an that, example. That's a Chinese perspective on it. If you, if you talk about it, it'll happen. But oh. um, park that for a moment. Um, 
uh, I would... I like you, Jim. I like you. You know what? If <laughs> You're coming back on again. Here's an example, because yes. everybody knows the BBC, and we can all yes. talk about it. We've yes. all got a view about yes. it. Yes, go on. Um, there will be somebody in Three Counties Radio who wears a hat that probably says something like facilities. Yeah. And at this time of the year, if they're doing their job properly, and I have no doubt in the BBC that they're doing exactly Oh, that. everything's above board here oh, at the BBC absolutely. now. It has to be. Got to say that, haven't we? Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, judge your part. Um, there will be somebody at this time of the year, or possibly last month, who's saying, how did it go last year? Yeah. Um, we know we had various bits of ice and snow. How did we respond? Who's the person who comes in at four o'clock in the morning to open up? Who's first in? Who's able to then say, do you know what? It is slow. It is slippery on the, the slope from the car park yeah. or, or whatever. Um, and get the grit out before, you know, all, all the really serious people like you, yeah. Um, leap out of your Lamborghinis and head for the office. Thank my God bless you. So that's Simon Opsley, the newsreader. I hope he's listening. He better, he better find out where the grit is because it's his job to, to grit and salt the streets. Well, there you uh, go. And you see, e- even even in somewhere like Three <laughs> Counties Radio, you know the person who's going to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, we hope that Simon knows that as well. You lot, you lot, health and safety, you get bad, bad press, don't you? Because of all these made-up stories in the newspapers about um, kids aren't allowed to play conkers, it's health and safety gone mad, or um, I wasn't allowed to um, uh, to go into ASDA for health and safety reasons. Uh, health and safety, at its very essence, is about people going to work or going about their daily lives and, and not being killed or being seriously injured. It's, it's quite serious. It has. Why is it developed into a sort of joke in some areas of the media? Do you think, Jim? I don't know. It's it's something that's developed over quite a long time. Uh, I'm I'm absolutely with those people who say, why on earth has it got to this stage? Because behind it, health and safety has some very serious, very serious issues. Yeah. Um, yeah. Four and a half thousand people a year dying from asbestos-related diseases. Oh, we have we have sto- we have stories, we, Jim. We have, we have stories on here from people who've died just going to work, you know, because yes. health and safety hasn't been followed. Absolutely. Um, but it, but, in, but you get some of the newspapers; they kind of use that phrase, and and it, it's what's wrong with this country is health and safety. You you you're led to believe. We're led to believe that. Um, I think it's lazy thinking. I, actually, but without wishing to insult anybody at Three Counties Radio, I uh, think it's, insult them all. I, oh, I think it's uh, lazy journalism. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, uh, I agree totally. Uh, I think it's sometimes lazy politics. Um, it's an, it has become a target. Mm. I I struggle to look back to the when did it start. Actually, one of the early ones was the. Conkers, often referred in the safety world as the Conkers Bonkers case. Yeah, um, and that, that, that was made up. That was a ma- that, that has to be made up, doesn't it? That can't be a real thing. No, it wasn't entirely. Oh, go on. There was now. This is working from memory, but there was a misunderstanding of a message that went out in a primary school about Conkers. Right. And I forget exactly what it was but there was there was a head teacher in fact i suspect it was in your your part of the world yeah don't surprise um me. and i think if i remember right and no doubt there will be callers to put me right in due course but it was something along the lines of uh, a primary school teacher at this time of year was concerned about conkers yeah and they wrote something and it may have been a message that went home with the kids in their bags or something. I, I'm not quite sure, but it somehow got out to the parents, got misunderstood and got blown up. Yeah. 
And since then, we've had what amounts to a sort of rapid rebuttal system within the health and safety executive for picking up the crazy stories and trying to to lay them as fast as possible. Yeah. Good for them. Absolutely right. Um, But this predated that. And it sort of bounced around and gained its own momentum um, long before anybody said, whoa, hang on a minute, let's get back to the, the, the underlying story. Let's apply a bit of common sense to this. And it was not the story quite as represented. It wasn't a ban on playing mm. conkers. Uh, but that's how it came oh, well, that's, that, And that's the sexy story. And Jim, you'll be pleased to know that my youngest boy went out with my wife yesterday, came back with 200 conkers. Today we're going to string them up, um, the, the conkers, and uh, we're, we're having a, a conker tournament. Me and my boys having a conker tournament in the back garden. So it, it, we've, we've not stopped. Jim, listen, we have to move on. That was brilliant. We're, we're, can I make you the official health and safety consultant for this show, Jim? Uh, Ian, it will be a pleasure. There's no money in it. I should have said that, oh, first of all. Well, well, not too sure about that, then. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss it <laughs> off air. Jim, thank you. You're a good sport. Uh, absolutely fascinating. Jim Tassel, independent health and safety consultant. He was a good egg, wasn't he? Yeah, conkers. Conkers today. They came back with, like, a big box full of conkers. And, whoa, we're going to... I can't remember how you string them up, though. I can't remember how you make the hole in it. Uh, uh, you need a... I'll tell you what you can use. Yep. A screwdriver. Ah, screwdriver and how long do I bake them for and when do I put the concrete in because I want to beat those oh well you say cheating I say it's just having a slight advantage travel news for beds hearts and bugs BBC Three Counties Radio in Beaconsfield, there's been an accident on Amersham Road at the turning for Maxwell Road, so that's closed the road in both directions at the moment. In New Barnet on Great North Road, there's reports of an accident at Lionsdown Road, and in Chestnut, it's very slow on the A10 Great Cambridge Road southbound around College Road, heading towards the M25 because the traffic lights aren't working. Looking at the speed sensors in Dunstable, and it's looking very busy at the moment on Stockingston Road between the... New Bedford Road and Hitchin Road. No reported problems on the train, so at the moment, Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. Right, 8.16, it's Friday the 9th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today, backed by Luton MP Kelvin Hopkins and Wickham MP Steve Baker. And a former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. In a recent survey, we asked 47 people who they'd most like to wake up with. I would like to wake up next to my beautiful girlfriend, Daisy. be waking up with Angelina Jolie, I can assure you. Tomorrow yeah. I'd like to wake up next to Dave here, because at least it'll, I'll be alive. But there was one name missing off that list. Justin Dealey. Justin Dealey. Justin Dealey. Saturday mornings from 6, BBC Three Counties Radio. Who is Justin Dealey? I have never heard of him. Gosh, well, some people imagine that some people have, have never heard um, of Justin Dealey. Well, that's um, that's kind of um, this is where I belong to be. You see, that's it. That's it. Um, the mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for a weapons amnesty. Moira Griffiths, if you missed it, we spoke to her about an hour ago. Um, boy, oh boy, was um, uh, was her story incredible? Whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago believes that police amnesty boxes could save lives. 
The idea was proposed at a Wickham District Council meeting this week, but it was not supported by the council's leader. They ain't coming on the show to talk to us. Instead, they, they sent us a, a bit of a, you know, as they always are, a bland statement. To, to all councillors, MPs and um, uh, various bosses of organisations, if you send a statement, it makes you sound cold. It makes you sound cold. Julia Russell from the East Wickham Independent Party is campaigning for an amnesty. Uh, Julia, does High Wick- or does Wickham have um, a, a massive problem with knife crime? No, I don't think it's, it, it has an exceptional problem, but I think UK-wide there is a problem with knife crime. Um, I speak to young people regularly, and some of them are frightened about ga- uh, gangs, and they end up carrying a knife in self-defence, and they're more likely to become a victim of knife crime as a result. So I don't think Wickham is exceptional. Uh, we've had one or two incidents um, recently, and uh, my little political party we just thought it would be a standard practice for the councils to support a gun and knife amnesty so we were shocked when we got a refusal on that you mentioned the young people that are carrying knives because they're scared well they're they're not going to um follow through with an amnesty are they because um it's uh, they'll still be scared well i think some of them will and i think the thing is that um young people grow up and move beyond that point where they're carrying knives and they don't want them around the house. Uh, There could be burglary knives or guns stolen if they were in the house. I mean, I think young people quickly grow out of uh, teenage crime and knife carrying and then they want to dispose of these items. Um, do we have any statistics that this work? We know that, that, that when they do have these amnesties around the country, that those bins get filled up with knives and daggers and machetes and all kinds of things, and those things also get handed over. But do we know if it actually has an impact on knife crime? I suppose it's one of those things you'd never know with hindsight. But uh, speaking to Moya Griffiths recently, she said if it just prevents one crime and any uh, mother having the experience that she's had or any young person getting harmed, then it's worth it. And I think it says something about society, you know, that we're trying to prevent crime rather than waiting for something to happen. And we shouldn't have to have enormous knife crime in Wickham for the council to back something like this, especially when it's got somebody like... Moya Griffiths advocating for it. Uh, Katrina Wood uh, from Wickham District Council um, didn't want to come on, didn't think it was important enough to come on, but sent a statement. uh, Wickham District Council sent sent this statement. The number of reported violent crimes in the Wickham District has increased a little. We are told in these circumstances that Thames Valley Police would not ordinarily launch a knife and gun amnesty. Then they tell us to go and talk to the police and not the council. But it was the council that objected to it. It was the council that objected to it and, uh, you know, I've um, been sort of involved with advertising these amnesties in the past and I don't think it's particularly controversial. Um, are they expensive? They're not that... I wouldn't imagine they're that expensive to run either, are they? I mean, they'll be a small outlay, I would have thought. Well, I went into the police station to ask and they just said that they ordered a bin when they have these amnesties and obviously there's, a, you know, the staffing cost... But I think it would be a small price to pay to prevent any future crime. And I, I, I just think it says something about agencies working together, concern about previous victims, prevention for the future. And, you know, it gives the message out, you know, you don't need to carry a knife or gun. If Wickham's that safe, well, you know, just give up what you've got. And they've been successful in the past. Mm. 
Julia, thank you very much. Nice to talk to you. Julia Russell from the East Wickham Independent Party. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh three four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number. Hey, here's a here's a story. Here's a story. Things that make you go. Ugh. And do you know what I've not had since eating meat? It's been a good eighteen months now that I've been um, chomping down on sausages after mm-hmm. twenty six years of vegetarian. I've not had fish and chips in the traditional sense of the battered fish and indeed the chips. Not a massive fish fan. Right? Oh, I love it. But um, when I was in Brighton the other week, I should have had fish and chips, proper fish and chips on the beach. Anyway, a, rest- a restaurant diner got an unwelcome surprise when a fish they had started eating began twitching on their plate. Haunted fish. Haunted, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about the haunted food. Here is a fish brought back from the dead. Oh, by the way, morning, Danny. Hiya. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah. I've been waiting for you to say good morning to me all you morning. You haven't had my microphone. I've just been sitting here going, morning, oh. morning. I would have heard it over there. I would have heard it over her microphone, so that's not washing with me, young man. No, try it. Go on. Morning. Thank you. No, you, you didn't hear that. Yeah, I heard it. No, you didn't. What I didn't hear, though, was the sound of me slurping on a lovely cup of coffee. No, I've not heard that for a while. Not heard that for a while. Oh. Do you, do you want some coffee? Listen, if you want to make it in the BBC, there are two routes. One is the 1970s route, which we're not really supposed mm. to go down anymore, but I can make exceptions. Okay. The second route is cup of coffee route. I suggest that that's a slightly easier route to take. A lecturer actually said that to me at university. <laughs> really? But if you want to get a job Ele- in the media, you make to, coffee. Yes, no, definitely. You went to university yeah. with Electro. Yeah. <laughs> is that what you said? Electro actually said that to me at university. Electro 6? Yes, that's, that's a, yep. a breakdancing reference. For he was you. my lecturer. Wow, Electro the Electro. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Think about what you've just done whilst um, pouring hot water into a, a cup of brown stuff. Coffee! Before you get ideas above your station. Dennis! Good morning. Now, someone sent me something. I've not heard it yet. Should we have a listen? Yes. Playing a very dangerous game here. If I press my comma, this comes up. It's Dennis from Dunstable. It's Dennis from Dunstable. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and I'm, 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 it's difficult. I think that's from uh, from Russ. Um, and I, I guess at the end of those things, you're meant to say thank you. Thank you. I, I guess we're meant to say thank you. Um. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. It's nothing to do with me, I promise you. I rang up about your conkers. Oh, <laughs> it's a bit I've fine thing. Go on. Yes, I had mine looked at yesterday because they thought I got a hernia. However, oh, conkers uh, dipped in vinegar and then dried yes. are in fact dangerous because they oh, splinter. God, when you get, you get a very hard conker and you, they hit it and it splinters, oh. that's time to... It's called a win. Safety. Just, just, you know what, just grow up. Why? Grow, grow, when I say grow up, I don't mean... I mean to a 90-year-old man. Yeah, for, come on, guys, if a conker splinters, so what? Kids' eyes. Safety specs. How many, yeah. of course, all of our children will be wearing hazmat suits when they play conkers. Yeah, that's right. How many kids have been killed by conkers? I don't know. And how many kids have been blinded by conkers dipped in vinegar? I'm not, I'm not yeah. a, a I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell well, you. Well, None. None. Well, I'll tell you what. None. Yours might be the first. Oh. Were you threatening me? No. I'm not warning you. 
We used these, used these things like conkers. It was a season in my day. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. It's disgusting threatening a child like that. Well, it's conker season now. Yes, but I'm saying we used to have things like marbles were one season, bowl and hoop was another. And for some reason or other, these seasons kept coming up. Now, I listen, Dennis. decided them, but they, they happened. Normally, we don't do old toys from the 70s, but as you're talking about the 1870s, I think we can just about get away can with it. Can we title it Stuff That Can Have Your Eye Out? We did. Yeah. Uh, steady on. Uh, we, yeah, we used to have marble season as well. Yes, you, you, the seasons would come and they would oh. go, and it was, yeah. it was unwritten, it was unspoken. It just right. one day, all the kids would turn up with marbles, you know, and, yeah. that, was, and that was that. And can I suggest for your, your uh, rhyming thing... How about limericks? Get some decent limericks in. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to do that. It's, it's poetry on the radio. Decent limericks. De- de- decent limericks. Think about that, guys. Um, the fish, with its severed head beside its diced-up body, was in a sweet and sour stew. Doesn't <gasps> this sound deliciously mm. disgusting? But when the customer prodded it with chopsticks, its fins started to flap. However, the diner wasn't phased and continued tucking in. <laughs> Determined. There are some places where... What's, there are some things, animals you, you eat alive, Twitch, aren't twitching. there? Yeah, there, there are some that you're supposed to eat. Well, I know you cook lobsters alive. That's mm. just... I mean, come on, guys. You, you know, that's, that's awful. At least put a blindfold on it if you're going to do you that. put them in the freezer first and they uh, get hypnotised. Apparently. No, they don't. They get cold. Freezers make you cold. Hypnotists hypnotise you. You've confused the two yet again. Don't. <laughs> anyway, no wonder you, you, you've, you. My you, act isn't taking off, and you, now I know why. You've not given up smoking, but you have got frostbite. That's the reason. Oh three four five nine. Four, I knew there was a gag in there somewhere. We had to burrow around, and we we, we managed to find it. Dennis, you still there? Yes. Why? Why? Because I've got nothing else to do. I've, I've missed it. I thought it was Saturday. No, Saturday. And I woke up and heard you talking. I thought, Isn't... bloody hell, he's working Saturdays. Well, we, we are working Saturdays. Me and Kath doing a show now, midday till two o'clock on Saturday oh, no, afternoons. I it was the morning, so I thought... No, bloody. here's the thing, right? I've lost Ev- the day. Everybody I know thought that yesterday was Friday. Everybody. Yeah. I thought it was Friday. My boy thought it was Friday. His teacher thought it was Friday. A man in the street thought it was Friday. Four people... Yeah. including me, yesterday thought it was Friday. Well, I saw the kids coming out of school opposite and they weren't well-dressed dressed up like Fridays. That's what threw me. But Dennis, it's, it's, it, there are many things that throw you, and the kids not coming up like they weren't well-dressed like it was Fridays would certainly throw anybody. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Beaconsfield, there's been an accident on Amersham Road, so it's blocked in both directions at the moment at the junction for Maxwell Road. And on the Great North Road in New Barnet, there's reports of an accident at Lionsdown Road. In Chestnut, it's very slow still on the A10 Great Cambridge Road from College Road approaching the M25 after the College Road's traffic lights weren't working earlier. And on the A1M, it's very busy southbound around Junction 7 for Stevenage. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. It's conquer season, guys. Get out there. Get some co- cheap. You want you want your free your free entertainment for your kids at the weekend. Go out with a basket and get a load of conkers. String your mind up later on today. It's going to be a conquer tournament in the Lee back garden, guys. Across beds, hearts, and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today, backed by Luton MP Kelvin Hopkins and Wycombe MP Steve Baker. And a former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Northern Ireland's 3-1 win over Greece last night means they've qualified for next summer's European Championship finals, their first major final since the 1986 World Cup. Watford defender Craig Cathcart was in the Northern Irish team with MK Don's duo Lee Hodson and Ben Reeves and Luton's Paddy McCourt among the subs. The Republic of Ireland will join them if they win in Poland on Sunday. That's after a 1-0 win over world champions Germany in Dublin. But Scotland are out after conceding a last-minute equaliser to draw two all at home to Poland. Tonight, England, who have already qualified host Estonia, with former MK Dons midfielder Delhi Ali set to make his debut. There are no matches tomorrow for Watford, MK Dons or Wickham because of the internationals. Luton host York in League Two with Steve away to Exeter on Sunday lunchtime. Luton will check on the fitness of striker Craig McHale-Smith with Jack Marriott standing by to replace him. Manager John Still hopes another striker, Paul Benson, will resume training on Monday. We're hoping that we can gradually up his training throughout the course of the week and uh, the following week we're, we're hoping his, his all systems go for him but we'll have, we'll have to see with that. that's what we're hoping and elsewhere in football, new Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp will give his first Anfield press conference at 10 o'clock this morning. England's Matt Fitzpatrick has a one-shot lead going into day two of the British Masters Golf at Woburn. The 21-year-old carded a seven under par 64 yesterday. Buckinghamshire's Luke Donald is three shots back. This course would probably play a little bit better firm and fast, but you know, in October it's hard to, hard to get that. But um, certainly... Uh, um, you know, it's a good design and uh, shame, shame it's a little wet from the rain we had early in the week, but uh, it's actually playing pretty well. And practice has been delayed for Sunday's Russian Grand Prix because of a diesel spillage on the track. Hertfordshire's Lewis Hamilton leads the Drivers' Championship by 48 points with five races left this season. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at nine. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus sent. Thank you, Simon. Marcus sent. Um, <laughs> there's some weird texts coming in. One says, "Weird show, weird presenter," and then Mark Thanks, says, Wendy. "Mark says, uh, 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 who is that? Wendy. Which Wendy? Not that uh, just one. a Wendy that writes in quite a lot. Well, thank you, Wendy. I'm glad you're enjoying it. And Mark's written." Very high quality today. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> what, what, what do you mean? The, the signal? Because it certainly ain't the content. Oh three four five nine four double five five. I miss Dealey. Let's get Dealey on. You know, whenever whenever he's ready, I can see I can see him beavering away at the computer. I'll tell him to stop that. Look, he's giving me the thumbs up. Look, yes. <laughs> you're not allowed to do that. Uh, it, the, the, one of the one of the um, 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 few pluses about being in this place is when I'm sat here in the studio, I can see out and I can see the minions working. Okay, and uh, I can see I can see Dealey. All I can see is his forehead, and he's got headphones on. He's working. He's working hard. Or is he vaping? He's <laughs> <laughs> He's Geezer! Yes! That's it. We're applauding each other from about 50 feet away. <laughs> I don't know why, but I'm, I feel better for it. And that's, that's, the, that's the, only, um, the, the, the only thing that counts these days. I'm, I'm stalling while I try and turn to page 31. 
Well, we're going to speak to Becky in a minute about that dog thing. Which dog thing? You know the dog, uh, the old lady's dog that was stopping oh, the post. Oh, yeah, 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 go on, We've yes. We've got an update coming up with Becky. Oh, have we? Yeah. Do you want to do that now? You can if you want. Well, should we, should we, it's interesting because I'm turning. By the way, bang on nine o'clock, we need to go if we're going to make that hotel um, buffet breakfast. Sorted. So it's just no messing around, go, okay? Because it finishes at 9.30 and I don't want to miss it. Um, it's funny because the story I'm looking for is, um, is a story about dogs. All right, well, we'll, 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 we'll do this and then, um, and then we'll, do, we'll do the story that's in the paper. Um, the story about that. We'll set the story, Catherine, the Royal Mail story. Go on. Uh, this is Wadden Chase. We heard last week that Royal Mail had stopped deliveries to over 120 homes in Aylesbury after a postman was attacked by the same dog three times. The latest incident happened when the dog slipped its collar whilst being walked by its owner. So it wasn't simply a matter of, you know, the dog in the garden. It yeah. was out at large. Um, and uh, it was the dog was owned by an, an older woman who has a bit of trouble walking. It's the, you know, and, and, and a lot of people were very reticent to... I don't know, to be harsh about the, the the older woman. It's clearly her kind of only companion. A lot of anger towards the post office, though. Yeah, a lot of anger towards the post office, and they stopped uh, delivering the post. But um, well, well, we can get an update from one of the people. What lives on the street? It's Becky. Morning, Becky. Good morning. So this has been going on for a while. How, how many days have you been without post? Um, it's been about a week, but they got a letter yesterday saying that they're re-delivering our post now. Ladies and gentlemen, fantastic! There must have been there must have been a huge collective sigh of relief throughout the whole street. I'm sure there was. What's What's changed though? Because the as far as we know, and we, we we've we've learnt that the the lady, the elderly lady in question, um, that, that, that may have some uh, difficulties, mental difficulties. We don't quite know, which is why I'm being a little bit vague. But what's changed in regards to the dog den? Have they said? Um, all it said in the letter was that the um, police and other authorities have spoken to the lady and have um, told her not to walk the dog before two o'clock okay. so that the postman can deliver his, the, you know, the post safely. OK. And, um, well, it'll be interesting to see if this woman adheres to that or not. Catherine, you're pulling a well, face. that kind of solves the Royal Mail's problem, but what about everybody else? If this dog is running around biting people... Yeah, it'll be. Well, I and, think and if a, she's having trouble, surely that can't be the end of the attempts to help her, can it? Well, I, I, I think the council, councillor's getting Good. involved, isn't there? We when we spoke to it was Robert, wasn't it? I yes. think we spoke to. He said that a councillor was 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 possibly going to get involved. The other thing and, is, um, she, she's agreed to keep the dog uh, muzzled in the past, and that's not happened. Yeah. So wait and see. Let's keep our fingers crossed, Becky, because it is a real pain in the backside. Um, yeah. When your post isn't getting delivered, you know, it is it is a real um, it is a real nuisance. Well, fingers crossed. That'll be that. Thank and let's you. hope this lady get the help she needs. You get your letters. No more postmen get attacked. And everyone lives happy and wonderful and fruitful lives. Let's hope so. We'll see what happens. Nice one, Becky. Thanks so much for coming back on. I really appreciate it. You've got our number, Becky. You've got our number if, um, if anything uh, else happens. Becky, thank you so much. I can hear him. I know. Isn't he loud, oh, though? so loud. Anyway, this is this story. There's two, there's two stories about um, nuts, people. Right, in ter- and it says here, nuts. Is it, uh, Lynn is nuts for her mutts. What? <laughs> Lynn it's is nuts a dangerous for... combination. What do you think about that, son? It's disgusting. Isn't it just? Lynn is nuts for her mutts. <laughs> that's, in, <laughs> that's in a newspaper. They've been high-fived around <laughs> that office. I live with 41 dogs, oh, and, they- and they'll get the house over my girl. Shout. She won't want it, it'll stink. <laughs> and the thing is, right, and this is the thing, dog people, because I've got a dog and I really, I'm not getting on with her, but my house now stinks a dog. 
And everyone that says, oh, my house doesn't stink, it does. You just don't know it stinks. I've, I've kept, I've got my house. I've kept my house. I know that my house stinks a dog. Every time I walk in, I go, oh, I've got a doggy house now. Flipping dog. Shout walkies at Lynn Everett's house and fate. Now, this woman can't be well, right? This, you speak of, when it says nuts for mutts, she's, she's uh, you know, I suggest that she is not well. Shout walkies at Lynn Everett's house and face a stampede by all 41 of her beloved dogs. 41 dogs. I mean, it's just... Hello? Who's that? It's only the kinks. <laughs> Here come the kinks, guys. No. She's mad about the pooches, who just about squeeze into her three-bedroom semi, <gasps> along with hubby Anthony. She's married. Wow, I, I didn't see that coming. The 59-year-old is so devoted to the pack, she's leaving her home to them in her will. I ha- this is what I don't like, right? People, I love animals. As I was a vegetarian for a long time. I have at various times supported various animal rights charities. I even presented an award at the uh, Cats Protection League Awards several years ago. It was me. It was um, um, the girl from CBBC who um, was in the newspaper with her boobies out. And it was the Tarty... Sarah Jane. Sarah Jane. And it was um, Dorian from Birds of a Feather. We're all there presenting awards. It I was, was going really... to tell you off for saying Tarty, but I think that was the act. It really it? was. Um, <clears throat> it wasn't an act. It really, it really was a star-studded bash as uh, we handed out. I'll bring in. I'll bring in. I've got a book. Right. Celebrities and their pets. Who's in it? This guy. Gosh. <laughs> I was also in the Cats Protection League uh, newsletter. The interview with me about my cat. I well, didn't ask you to do a naked calendar. I'll dig that out. It's fun. It was fun now. I like the cat's protection. That's where I got my cat from. That's why I, you know, I, I did stuff with them. But then they, they didn't have to go on. Anyway, uh, the 59... Uh, she said... People, that's it. People who think that animals are more important than humans. Uh, 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 and you always get... Well, they, they, they think if they haven't got a voice for themselves, the someone's got to stick up for them. Yeah, that's right. But they're definitely more important than human beings than people. No, they're not. No, 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 guys. People are more important than animals. We, the, the most sane people know that to be a fact, don't they? I mean, aren't we level pegging? We're doing what? Are we level pegging, though, really? What, with animals? Oh, yeah. Um, food, look at the food chain, baby. You look at the food chain. I know, but I wouldn't want to slap a chimp or anything like that. I think that we should give them respect. <laughs> some of those some of those chimps, though, are so cocky. I mean, literally, I told you what happened when I took my uh, a girlfriend years ago to Monkey World. Same tasting women, apparently. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was, you know, there were children present as well, and you think, for goodness sakes. They don't know. No, the children, they did, though. They no, I mean, the chimps the, don't the, know. The, Lynn says the dogs... think of the children? The dogs will... Think about the children. The dogs will stay here and get the house. Any money that's left over will go to her daughter. The pack adds up... Here we go, listen to this. Let's go, let's go through the... going to look after the, these uh, dogs? The shopping list of uh, animals. 25 French bulldogs. <gasps> 10 bull terriers. 3 Chinese crested and 3 chihuahuas. Oh, they're sharp dogs. Lynn and Anthony from Barnsley, 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 Barnsley like married 20 years ago, but have not been on holiday since their honeymoon. Oh, I mean, here, here, come, here come the stats, guys. You ready? Instead, the couple pick up 120 poops a day. <laughs> it is a, a dog, a healthy dog will poop three times a day. It's, who, um... who needs a holiday when you've got that kind of activity going on? It's just... The... <laughs> Do you want to hear some of their names? Yes. Gary, Wendy, Steve, there's Pam. A, there's a Tina. Knew it. Human names. There's, I knew a, it. there's a Ping. Oh. There's a Shakira. <laughs> and there's a Nunu's. You can't call Nunu's. a dog. Nunu's. 
No, no, I've lost my Nunus. Have you seen my Nunus anywhere? Yeah, they're there. No, the dog. Ah. So that's one kind of um, um, doggy story that's in the newspapers. And I thought this was... Um, where's the mirror? I need to find the mirror. Because I thought this was the same doggy story. Hang on a second. There's, there's more than one, though. There's, 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 I, well, first of all, I thought it was the same person. Because they both look a bit... Um, Similar. Genderless. Oh. Now, this is... I, I'm reluctant to do this, because this is a Britain's Got Talent pl- puff story, but... Just don't mention it. Boom, boom, boom. Help me, help me, help me from this squeeze. 60 animals in a three-bed home cost me a wife. Magician chose to put animals first. I mean, this again, human beings are more important than animals. Fact. They're not his dogs. He's, he's their man. A Britain's Got Talent star split up with his wife for four years because he shared his semi with more than 60 animals. Hang on a second. What? What? Hang on. (laughs) That's, um... That's, uh, let me read that again. A Britain's Got Talent star split up with his wife for four years. Because he shared his semi with more than 60 animals, that's what he said. That's grounds to be divorced, right? Oh there. gosh, and then you get to his name. No. Magician Steve Lucock. And Claire got to the latter stages of Britain's Got Talent with their animalgeek animalgeek magic show. But the crowded house became too much for Claire and they split. I don't think it's because of the animals. You look at the state of him, he looks like Bon Jovi. Steve isn't too lonely, though. He has four turtles in the bathroom. (laughs) Four turtles in the bathroom. You need to get a cleaner, dude. Seriously. Or a plumber. Gosh. What's... Oh, okay. Thank you for the day. <laughs> I haven't got me echo, so Thank don't worry. For the turtles. Uh, um, uh, three foxes that sleep on the sofa, two oh. meerkats that watch TV with him, and in- oh, look at this. Warren Manger, who's written this story, is showing off Mangy. now. Mangy. What do you call a collection of owls? I thought they were solitary beasts. No. <laughs> well, no, because they have their families. A sanctuary. No, no. What did you say, boy? A sanctuary. No, incorrect. Oh. A. A parliament. Oh, yes, oh, that's and nice. it says here an entire parliament of owls, several parrots, a raccoon, snakes, and even a skunk. He said, "I don't have much of a life outside of my animals. I don't go anywhere or do anything. I'm sure there are people who think I'm totally crazy. Yep. But I love mm. my life and my animals to bits, and that uh, is the problem. I think you're loving your uh, animals perhaps just a little bit too much. I mean, that really is." <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, that's blocked in both directions at the junction for Maxwell Road because of an accident between a car and a motorbike. In New Barnet on Great North Road, there's reports of an accident at Lionstown Road. And on the Great Cambridge Road southbound in Chesson, it's very slow approaching the M25 junction 25 for Enfield. That's after some traffic lights at the turning for College Road were faulty earlier on. In St Albans, it's busy on the A414 eastbound between the North Orbital Road and the Park Street roundabout. And on the A1M, it's still very busy. Busy southbound.
Bond at Junction 7 for Stevenage. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. We're nearly done for today. Don't forget, Catherine and I are back tomorrow at midday. Aye. 8.45, Friday, the 9th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today, backed by Luton MP Kelvin Hopkins. And a former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice outside the jail. Coming up, we'll have your phone calls. We'll have a little bit of daily as well. First of all, let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's been a very chilly start to the morning. We've seen temperatures down to the low to mid single figures. Rising now, of course, in the sunshine. Lots of blue sky and sunshine around today. Possibly a few mist patches still lingering. So um, do take care of your driving, poor visibility in some areas. But all in all, it's going to be a lovely day. There could be a bit of fair weather cloud as we head into the afternoon, but not as much as we saw yesterday. Top temperatures will be up to around 15 or 16 Celsius. That's 61 in Fahrenheit. A very pleasant day with just a light breeze. Now, for the evening and overnight it's going to stay dry with clear skies and drier air so I don't think the mist and fog is going to be too much of a problem into tomorrow morning. The breeze will pick up slightly as well. Still lows of around four or five degrees in some of the more rural spots so a chilly start to the weekend. Now the weekend should be mostly dry. We may just see perhaps a couple of showers over parts of Hertfordshire um, but they're you know they're pretty unlikely. I think most places will be dry. There'll be some sunny spells around at times but also quite a bit more cloud than today and a rather chilly and a strengthening easterly breeze so we have to factor in for a bit of wind chill I think on Saturday and particularly so on Sunday but dry too into next week but rather chilly that's the forecast. Thank you very much Elizabeth Hey there's a breaking news story we're just we're just um, putting new batteries into Paul Scoynes and we'll speak to him in 51 seconds Every weekday morning Good morning Jonathan. Morning. Do you think it's right to tell a million disabled people they should get off benefits and find a job? Have your say on today's big phone-in People who are going to be in nuisance are going to be in nuisance regardless of whether they're things to do. Is it true that people over the age of 65 drink far too much booze? The JVS show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. Waited and the receipt came out but the cash didn't. It's become a problem of late because obviously the trees got bigger as we got here. We couldn't shut the French windows. It, it would appear that they'd buckled. I had a phone call from my daughter saying, if we don't get off the train, they're going to hand us over to the British Transport Police. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. OK, so we've been uh, talking about um, how basically local police, all, all police forces across the country um, are struggling with cash and they're having to make massive cuts. And we've been talking about um, how this new method of calculating how the money is divided is being introduced. Uh, and Bedfordshire Police, in particular, were hopeful that they were... Well, they were talking confidently. Ollie Martins, the PCC, and then we spoke to... Um, I can't remember the gentleman's name, but the Deputy Chief Constable. Um, earlier in the, they were kind of pretty confident, pretty confident, um, that they were going to get a few more quid because of the, the way it's funded at the moment. It, 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 it's, it could be argued it's not particularly fair. Well... We've just found out what's going to happen, and uh, to give us the details on that, Paul Scorns, I've, I've summed that up accurately, haven't I, Paul? That's kind of the gist yeah, of it. Absolutely, and that's that's completely uh, correct. So you're absolutely right. The police were 
privately sounding fairly positive that they'd got a good deal from this new funding formula. Well, not, e- not even privately. On air, they were saying, look, we don't know for sure, but we're, we're, we're pretty, you know, we, we, we think, Ollie Martin's saying, we, we think we're going to get more money. The deputy um, uh, yeah. chief constable saying, we think we're going to get more money. Um, it, 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 the, the figures have just been announced. Is that right? Well, that's right. I've just had a press statement from uh, the Police and Crime Commissioner's office, and they're saying that the Home Office has unveiled these figures, and they are asking Beds Police to uh, remain in exactly the same position. They're going to get the same amount of funding formula that they always have done. So it's about 0.9% of the National Police Grant. And Ollie Martin's PCC is described as being shocked, saying that the uh, Conservative government is playing politics with Bedfordshire's policing, but also with national security. It's particularly a strong line here saying that um, if there is a serious terrorist incident involving extremists connected with Luton, the responsibility is theirs, i.e. the Home Office's, and not that of the ridiculously overstretched and under-resourced Bedfordshire Police. It goes in then to uh, to go into some of the detail about the uh, the, the extent to which Bedfordshire Police receives um, much less funding per officer, per area, and per crime than anywhere, well, near enough, anywhere else in the country. Now, this was going to be a big funding change. The idea was, we I was led to believe, through those sort of private conversations, was that there would be some losers. They probably would be some of the more uh, the, the larger metropolitan forces, which are funded very well. Um, indeed, the Met Police gets a lot of funding. And for, but for, you know, when I, I, I spoke to the new chief constable, who's from the Met, uh, saying that when he came up to Bedfordshire, um, he couldn't believe it. He thought, you know, there'd almost been an abundant um, uh, sort of riches down in London, but coming up here with 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 big challenges in places like Luton and Dunstable. Um, he couldn't believe just how few resources he'd had. Well, it looks like they're going to have to cut their cloth accordingly still because they're going to be in this uh, well, pressure situation. You say that, Paul. I'm looking at the statement here which you emailed on to me. <clears throat> And the the penultimate paragraph is um, this, this is this this is from from uh, the pen of Ollie Martins or at least from his department. Yeah, yeah. The penultimate uh, paragraph it, it it doesn't make good reading. Earlier this year, the spending watchdog, the National Audit Office, criticised the Home Office for not understanding the impact of its funding reductions on individual forces, and not knowing what a failing police force actually looks like. Because we have already restructured, collaborated and cut to the bone to make savings, the implication being they can't cut much more, I fear Bedfordshire may be about to find out what an unvi- what unviable means for a police force. That's pretty damning. Yeah. I think this is the strongest sort of I've heard uh, uh, this police crime commissioner speak about this, uh, this funding issue that they have. Um, I mean, I, we have yet to, to speak to the police minister, Mike Penning, at Hemel Hempstead MP. I know there's been sort of uh, conversations between he and the MPs of Bedfordshire. Um, but, you know, it, it now seems to to mean that you know, Bedfordshire Police is going to struggle even further in the next few uh, years to try and make ends meet. And, you know, w- when they talk about, you know, the, the any kind of potential terrorist attack, a terrorist incident that originates in the county being on the hands of the Home Office, that is pretty bluntly saying that, uh, you know, we can't do any more now. Um Ollie Martin's uh, referendum to get more cash um, from the council tax or to, council taxpayers to pay a little bit more was was rejected quite solidly. Uh, now there's um, uh, C- uh, Colette uh, Paul standing down. Is it Colette Paul? Yes, that's her name. Yes, she's, she's been replaced by um, uh, yep. John Boucher, who's um, the new chief constable. And now this blow, which isn't obviously um, uh, Ollie Martin's fault, but 
all of these things. He's had a bad run for the last 12 months. He, I, I, a, I wouldn't want to be in his job. I wouldn't be in his position. And B, I, I, is, his, is his position becoming more and more untenable? I don't know whether or not it's. His, I mean, his, his job is is uh, to hold the police to account and also to set the um, policing strategies and and you know effectively try and ensure that the budget is spelt is spent correctly. It's not a um, a job which looks at the, uh, the you know how how the force polices the county on the ground, but um, it is you know it's, it, it highlights that uh, all public services are facing extreme uh, difficulty, not least the police. And, and, you know, when you look to other counties, Thames Valley, large force, um, uh, it sort of covers a wide area, but they're, they're, you know, they're they're doing all right in terms of funding. Hertfordshire are doing all right in terms of funding. Um, You know, they've not been able to, they've not needed to raise their council tax in the last few few cycles. I mean, Bedfordshire Police really doesn't know quite where it's going to get the money from now. And they were kind of banking on this. Yeah, yeah, they were, Paul. Uh, listen, I've got, we're coming to the end of the show and I've got to speak to Justin. Thank you very much for that. There will no doubt be more about that uh, throughout the day uh, on BBC Three Counties uh, Radio. Um, Justin's on Fader 3. Morning, Justin. Good morning, boss. It's been quiet from you this morning, but there's been nothing in the papers and I know you've been working really hard on this John Lennon package. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 there's more of you tomorrow morning from six o'clock. The kids can tune in and listen to you six till nine. Yep, it's our first one tomorrow, Saturday breakfast, 6 till 9 tomorrow morning. We've got uh, Gatesy on the programme, Gareth Gates is coming Gatesy. on. Gatesy, <laughs> I'm glad you clarified, because I don't yeah, think yeah. people know him as that. Oh, yes. no, people know him as Gatesy. Uh, we've got Brian Paul, we've got X and Y, we've got uh, a local band in the studio, and uh, a new feature, we've been out and about this morning getting uh, voices from the streets. They are the voiceover for this, The Wheel of Four Tunes. Ladies and gentlemen, I love it, I love it, but, but, but... Today would have been John Lennon's 75th birthday. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've taken Lennon to the streets. I have. I've put together a little tribute package here. Now, what I would say, most radio stations would get a week to work on something like this. So I've put this together in an hour and a half or so. So I hope it's going to be okay. John would have been 75 years old today. Here is our tribute package. <laughs> In 1962, John Lennon started the music revolution, Love Me Do, which kicked off Beatlemania. For the people in the cheaper seats, clap your hands. <laughs> and the rest of you, if you just rattle your jewellery. A working class hero is something to be. They hurt you at home and they hit you at school. Yoko has been speaking in Iceland, where the imagined Peace Tower will be lit, and here she describes what she thinks John would be like today. I think he, he would still be very, very young and active. But, you know, it's just like when we were together, he'd be constantly thinking about creative things. humorists with Laurel and Hardy that's John and Yoko and we stand a better chance under that guise because all the serious people like Martin Luther King and Kennedy and Gandhi got shot. Chilling words from an interview at the Apple offices in 1969. Well on this special day here's what the streets had to say. He was the best man from the Beatles definitely yeah he was number one. Would have been 75 years old today it's incredible isn't it? It is shocking. Was he the one you always fancied the most? Yes. 
talented one. <laughs> Thank you, madam. Shirley, you saw John and the Beatles in Luton in the 1960s. Come on, tell us how amazing that night was. It was really nice. Screaming all night. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, John Lennon is the Beatles. Can't stand Paul McCartney. It's John Lennon. Come on, well, let's not have a dig on this special day. John Lennon, fantastic. Brilliant bloke. John's son, Sean, also has his birthday today. He's 40 years old, the same age when John was murdered on the 8th of December, 1980. That day, the world was robbed, but his music and legend will never go away. Happy birthday, John. Oh, no, don't end with this, this song. Oh, it breaks my heart. Oh, it breaks my heart. Oh. That song, Dealey, breaks my heart. Absolutely. Do you know yeah. what? We, we've got 20 seconds and I've got, we've, got, we've got to finish. That was brilliant. Well done. Thank you. Thank Paul, you. Ga Paul Gambaccini, you better look out, boss, because <laughs> this guy's coming. Um, do you know what shocked me the most about that? Go on. Sean Lennon's 40? Flipping yep. heck! Yeah. When Today. did he grow up? <laughs> Today, on this day as well. It's incredible, isn't it's it? It's unbelievable. Justin, listen, excellent stuff. Good luck tomorrow. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been an accident in Beaconsfield on Amersham Road, so that's blocked in both directions at Maxwell Road. On the M25, it's busy anti-clockwise between Junction 16 for the M40 and 15 for the M4. And it's also slow on the A1 in Borenwood, southbound between Holiday Inn and Stirling Corner. And in New Barnet on the Great North Road, there's an accident at Lionsdown Road. In Chesson, it's slow on the A10 Great Cambridge Road, approaching the M25 from College Road, where the traffic lights weren't working earlier. And in Wyboston on the A1, it's very slow southbound, approaching the Black Cat roundabout from the St. Neat's Junction, Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Sammy, thank you very much indeed. That's it, that's your lot. There'll be a new podcast up in a few hours. Thank you, Danny, for all your help this week. Excellent stuff. Thank you, Catherine. Justin, thank you very much. Have fun tomorrow at six. Don't forget, Catherine and I will be going down the rabbit hole tomorrow at midday. So I got a bit confused. I don't know what happened. Um, you come have a listen. You can phone in, you can have a chat, or you can just listen to us. It doesn't matter. Right, JBS is up next until tomorrow midday from us. Ta-ta! Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. We've made it. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is it right to claim compensation when things go wrong? A prison guard has been awarded half a million pounds in compensation after slipping on ice at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes. Simon Butler was on guard dog patrol when he fell and fractured his right ankle. The High Court heard that complications since the fall mean he now has a 25% chance of needing an amputation. Well, the Ministry of Justice argued he should have taken some responsibility for his own safety, but the judge has said they must take 80% of the blame. Well, I want your thoughts on this this morning. Is it right to claim compensation when things go wrong? 03459 455 555, that's my telephone number for your call. This is the JVS Show on BBC Three Counties Radio. So I'll hope to hear from you in just a second, but first let's get the latest BBC News at nine o'clock. Here's Simon Oxley.
The headlines, no increase in funding for Bedfordshire Police, bereaved mother's plea for Wickham knife amnesty and St Albans sinkhole still moving. BBC Three Counties Radio. Bedfordshire Police say the government will not be increasing their funding. In a statement released in the last hour, the Beds Police and Crime Commissioner, Ollie Martins, says their funding will be unchanged. A Home Office task force had been sent in to examine the force's finances. Our political reporter, Paul Scoyne, says the Commissioner has criticised the government's stance. It's particularly a strong line here saying that um, if there is a serious terrorist incident involving extremists connected with Luton, the responsibility is theirs, i.e. the Home Office's, and not that of the ridiculously overstretched and under-resourced Bedfordshire Police. The mother of a 20-year-old man who was stabbed to death in High Wycombe is calling for police and councillors to rethink their decision not to have a knife amnesty in the town. Moya Griffiths, whose son Jordan was murdered six years ago, believes police amnesty boxes could save lives. The idea was proposed at a Wycombe District Council meeting this week, but Moya says she's mortified it wasn't supported. Well, I just hope um, that by speaking out, both Thames Valley Police and Wycombe District Council will definitely have a change of mind and heart on this. One less knife on the street is one less knife that is going to be used to create mayhem. A former prison officer at Woodhill Prison in Milton Keynes has been awarded nearly half a million pounds in compensation. Simon Butler fractured his right ankle in 2009 when he slipped on ice while on guard dog patrol outside the jail. The area hadn't been gritted. The 47-year-old now has a 25% risk of amputation. A new cross-party campaign to get the UK out of the European Union is being launched today, bringing together MPs and donors from the Conservatives, Labour and UKIP. Vote Leave is the second Eurosceptic group formed to fight the referendum due by the end of 2017 and includes the Conservative MP for Wickham, Steve Baker, and the Labour MP for Luton North, Kelvin Hopkins. Royal Mail has resumed deliveries to over 120 homes in Aylesbury, which were halted after a postman was attacked by the same dog three times. Post had been suspended for Wadden Chase.